Yeah, anyway, so the, the whole penis thing around the house, I'm like, I need this to stop. Because we just adopted a dog. He's like a a cute little adoptee. And could you imagine just like a naked boy with a penis? It gets me scared. Like, what if the dog is like, what's that? <laughs> Breaking news. Heather's son gets his penis bit off by a dog. Hello. It's working. I like your pink hair. <gasps> Thank you. Happy Barbie movie. I know. I did it for the movie that we shall not. I don't. I mean, what are I what are these know. rules? <laughs> what are these? I keep I, listen. Seeing... I'm not in it. We're not in it. I didn't have anything right. to do with it. Greta did text me and ask me to come to an early screening of it with the kids, but we weren't able to make it. So I don't even have. I think I got, you know what I mean? Oh, that's I think nice. we can, I think we can talk about, no, I'm just saying like, we have no I, skin in this game. You can talk about pop culture. But I, I keep seeing actors asking people, asking other actors and performers not to promote it on social media. Well, I would say here's, I mean, here's my feelings. I have several. Number one, I think it was super shitty of the AMPTP to extend the talks with SAG for those few weeks so that they could get all of the press and promotion in for those two oh, huge yeah. movies. Launch Three, these actually. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's shitty. It wasn't in good faith. It's clearly like indicative of the kind of corporations that we're up against here. The people in the movies have no, like, it's not their fault. I think we talked about this a little bit last right, week. Like, right, right, yeah. They, they're doing their jobs. And also, it's complicated. You want things to do well. You want things that your friends are involved in to do well. Birdie's so upset because, you know, one of her favorite shows, Heartstopper, is coming back on Netflix and those kids aren't doing any of the press for it. Oh, and, right. But she's like, was talking about it. And she's like, none of them are, they're, they're not retweeting the trailer. They're da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, right, well, they can't. But then as an actor, writer, performer, I was just thinking like, what a fucking bummer, man. Yeah, you work so really hard sucks. on all, on these projects and you want them to do well. And then, you know, you're not able to promote them. And I, I don't know, like I, consciously chose not to like post us going to the Barbie movie. Right. But that was only just because, I don't know, because I'm like, because I just kind of just don't know what the, but I think talking about, first of all, talking about the cultural impact on this podcast makes them, makes a lot of sense. Like, oh my gosh, 100. It seems, it would seem weird if we didn't talk about it. To just act like it's not happening when it's it's happening. I also feel like... <laughs> the promotion was done. <laughs> yeah, it was done. And like us talking about it isn't going to contribute to nor detract from the success of this runaway train at this point. So, you know. And I'm only an inactive member of SAG-AFTRA. So... 
I haven't been active for a long time. It's been a long time since I've done anything on camera professionally. So, but WGA has the same rules for not promoting, right? I don't know that they do. I don't know that they do. I think people have still been allowed to, because WGA, because writers aren't like invited on The Tonight Show to talk about, you know. some are. Sometimes, but it's rare. It's rare. But I don't don't think the WGA. Greta Gerwig. Well, she's the the exception. Yeah, she's the exception. But um, I don't know. There are some people that like I've been. (laughs) I was surprised by seeing like some promotional tweets of some shows that people I know were working on. I just don't know, guys. I don't know. I hate I hate these producers so much. I can't (laughs) the I hate I hate these like huge corporations so much yeah they ruin everything they ruin everything that is good and they're just continuing to do it and they're just fucking evil i just i'm so and it sucks because i'm sure you know whatever there are lots of like people who get into this business on the business side that get into it with good intentions a lot of like development people executives who love storytelling, who believe in it, who are passionate about it. But what's happened in the last few decades is just that it's been taken over by corporations and finance people who like don't have a vested interest in entertainment slash storytelling slash any of it, you know? And that's why we're here. Like, they don't care. They literally don't care. They don't know the difference between good storytelling and bad storytelling. Right. And they just are lining their pockets based on other people's work. And it just, it sucks. It just sucks. Do you know David Slack? He's a he's a TV writer. He's a friend of ours. And he's really active in the leadership of the WGA. He's also really, really, really smart and um has a great business mind. He's just a sharp, sharp guy. He has been, you know, obviously just like banging the drum for the strike and and putting out information, but he put out this thing this week that was just like, you know. He was saying that it's their goal to get us all to fight each other, right? They want the Teamsters mad at us. Hi, Barbie they want, movie. <laughs> they, want, they want us all saying, like, well, actors make too much, and that's why there's no money for anything else. He put out this pie chart where he was like, that's not the whole picture. Let's compare what everyone else is asking for. Instead of comparing us to like the crews, IATSE, to actors, writers, and putting that all in one pie chart. Let's put all of what we're all collectively asking for up against the profits yes. that the studios are making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. He, when he plugged it into Excel to make a pie chart, what all of the other unions were asking for was so small that it didn't even make a slice on the pie. The Like, it... It was so fractional and small that it didn't even show up as a slice on a pie chart. This is, this is what, this is what I'm saying. Okay. Also, Mark yesterday did this whole breakdown based on the NBA 
how the NBA, do you know about the NBA, how they fought, their union fought for residuals? Oh, I don't know about that. An ownership, they fought for ownership of their league. Now, it's complicated. It's more complicated because you're dealing with like whatever it is, um, 140 players in the entire NBA league versus hundreds of thousands. Well, ish, because if you were to take, because residuals are only given to people who participate in the project. It, right. Not all 160,000 <laughs> SAG after members or 55,000 members of the WGA are entitled to residuals for everything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So Mark was like looking at it. Because somebody had released or somebody had put on a tweet, like, when you think of Friends, you think of the five actors, but in the show's entirety, there were four, or like 2,000, 1,200 actors yeah, total. Like, and like Law that. and Order, which is like known to have the most guest stars. And now this isn't including extras, blah, 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 like, you know, background artists, blah, blah, right. blah. But it was like, but background artists don't get residuals anyway, just right. Anyway. Exactly but you also don't get to own them in perpetuity. Anyway, the point being, Mar- so the NBA players own 51% of the, like the owners are one conglomerate. They're essentially like the producers. And then the, and, and then the players are the talent. And so they split and it's like everything. It's like um, merch, uh, that's made off, you know, off of the players. Um, right. Billboards, like the deals that are made for the arenas, um, like all of this stuff. They get to split it, and and they figure and they figure it out. Like, however, you know, based on how much the you know how big of a star the player is, like that right. that person obviously gets more. Whatever. Anyway. So he was like trying to break it down. Mark was like, look, you know, they're refusing to give us the information on like how many streams these things are getting. He's like, maybe we're just like all thinking of it in the wrong way. What we do know and what they do have to report is the subscriptions, right? Right. So it's like, he's like, why don't we ask for the per like, it's like the tiniest percentage still. It would be the tiniest percentage of the subscriptions. So if your show is on Netflix or whatever, you know, it would require a lot of bookkeeping on the part of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA because they would have to figure out like all of the people that are on shows that are on those networks. But the way that Mark was like breaking it down made so much sense to me because it's almost like then it's up to the streamers you know, shows don't have to exist in perpetuity. I've been on, I'm on, I've been on TV shows that like just disappear. That's what happens. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, not everything is available everywhere all the time. Right. And so if they, they do know who's watching what or how many people are like clicking on to watch Friends reruns or a rerun of like the X-Files or whatever, whatever. So if something doesn't perform well, like the streamer can just drop it and then, you know, those people don't get the residuals anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Yeah, Yeah, of course. But the numbers that they do because they have to give to their shareholders are 
the numbers of subscribers and it's like billions of dollars. Not for Peacock. But (sighs) everyone else, (laughs) every other streamer, it's like billions of dollars a year. And like whatever the 1% of it is, if that was given to the unions that are asking for it, then they could disseminate, they could like split it up appropriately into residual payments. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, It's kind of like what they're already doing. You know what I mean? Because when you put something on your streamer, you have to license it. You either have to have bought it or you have to like license it after the fact, after it was already made. And if it's not doing well on your streamer, you're not going to continue to license it. That's why there's always like, last call, this show is leaving this streamer after this month. And so if you want to watch it, watch it. It's because... Right. But they're not paying. But they're not paying. They're they're doing that. Yes. But they're not paying us. Yes. So Mark Mark is suggesting is for whatever revenue they generate from those deals, that a portion of it in the form of residuals, rightfully goes to the people that actually worked right, to but make he's, that show. Yeah, but he's saying rather than getting that, because they're like, we can't possibly give you the numbers per stream of what people are watching, blah, 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 blah. Fine. But you know how many subscribers you have. Yes. So we should we should get a percentage of that because that's the money you're making. Yeah. So we should get a a percentage of that. And then we would have to have like a breakdown of all the shows that are on said streamer. And then it needs to, and then it would have to be divided up between all of those shows. Right. Maybe in the same, you know, on, on any like movie or TV show, when you have residual payments, like not everyone is paid the same amount. It depends on your billing and like how big your part is. Right. And that's why there are distinctions in acting. It's like co-star, guest star, um, you know, starring. um, That has a lot to do with how you get paid your residuals, what what percentage you get. Um, And same with writers. There's like co-EPs and EPs and story editors and like all of those people make a different level tier of right. residual payment. I mean, it's complicated, right? Like I'm it is complicated, not a fucking clearly, mathematician. Yeah, clearly like when you're in business, your whole business is math and numbers and making sure that you're profitable. So it's not beyond <sighs> the scope of what's possible, obviously. Um, anyway, I'm just so annoyed. (laughs) I'll tell you, I was happy to go to the movies. It was my first time in a theater, I think, in a minute. The crowd for the movie, which we may or... I wrote a whole Substack post about it in which I did not really name the movie. Um... But the crowd was super pumped. I was like, I I told the guys to go see it while the audiences are still pumped because that is like part of the fun. Um, But I also talked about (laughs) this phenomenon, which I've talked about on the podcast before. 
there were guys in the crowd that were here for it. Like one guy was wearing a wig that I think he was like married to his lady dressed in pink. There were some boyfriends who had bleached their hair. They were in it. It's not required to do cosplay, but it was kind of fun. But there were a handful of people that came in and I could tell that they were just like thought that they were coming along to be nice to the person in their life that really, really wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And I kept an eye on those people because I'm a busybody and you know they were guys. <laughs> and through the movie, they could not stay in their seats. They just couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle the discomfort of the... Oh, that's interesting. It was so weird. And so I wrote about it on Substack. I named it Restless Greg Syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Just random Gregs can't stay in their seat for a movie that is not expressly catering to their interests. Um, And... Uh, A lot of people said that wasn't their experience, and it wasn't the worst experience that I've ever had with that by far. But I also pointed out, to be fair, I haven't been able to see how much the theory bears out because there just aren't that many woman-forward blockbuster movies that, like, people who are not women are getting dragged along to, you know? But then I was thinking about, well, it, you know, how many times have I gone to a movie that wouldn't have been my first choice in support of one of the many men in my life? And the answer is a lot of times, a lot of times. Um, and was I bored? Yes. But did I get up and walk around uh, pretending I couldn't find my seat for seven to nine minutes? No, I never did that. But I think that's really wild. Like, that was not my experience in my movie theater I'm that glad. I went to, but my experience was, and I talked about this on Instagram stories, that the teenage young people working at the movie theater looked as if they had been to war. The theater was a mess, like oh trash everywhere. Like the concession stands were like it. This kid that was trying to help us out when I just asked for, like, just our order. Yeah. Looked at me with such a look as if to say, I don't speak the same language as you anymore. <laughs> like, he was so... He was just in shock. They, he was in shock. Like, they had not seen this many people at a movie theater, probably, like, their entire careers of working at movie theaters. Like, it was really... It was kind of cracking me up. Oh, my um, God. But... Yeah, the movie itself, like I, like the movie experience itself, you know, I'm not very comfortable in movie theaters, typically speaking, anymore. I haven't been in years. Um, But I loved it. And there were so many, like, people were just all on board and in my theater, at least. Yeah, that's good. Lots of people wearing pink, lots of excitement. (laughs) <laughs> there was this kid. There was this kid wearing like a full tuxedo with a pink bow tie, and some other kids were like, "Whoa, man! What you're really wearing a tuxedo or something?" And he's like, "Well, I'm doing a Barbenheimer or whatever." And oh yeah, and he was like seeing both Oof. movies back to back. Wow, 
And he was very excited about it. And then he got literally the most giant um, like cola icy that I've ever seen in real life. It was <laughs> it was really intense. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I think it's I think the reaction is interesting, but we talk about it a lot. It's like it must be very difficult when you finally watch something that's not made exactly for you for some of these people for some it's of these baffling dudes. as i've heard they're just like this makes this is insane this what? makes no sense that's it's literally what i feel like watching most of the like any most movies. I'm just going to say, like, just most, mo- <laughs> most movies. I mean, certainly, like, action films, I'm always just like, who is this for? I mean, I get it. Yeah. It's not for It's not for her. Um, I was just grateful that this was for her, and I loved it. And um, had a really good time. Um, I One thing that I did notice... And maybe you can tell me if this is like an L.A. thing. I was thinking about you and how you're not comfortable in theaters. And I was wondering if you were going. When I went, I was at Emily Beebe's house just prior. I swung by to say hi because she was having friends over for pizza. And our friend Natalie was there. And she was saying that she also doesn't like going to movie theaters. She hasn't been in a long time. And we were saying, because of, like, the safety issue, does it freak you out? And she Mm -hmm. said, yes. But also, as a child, she had an accident where she got, like, a theater seat flipped up and caught her, like, in the eye. And there was blood everywhere. So much so that she was, like... I don't know, I guess like on the verge of passing out and feeling like sick and nauseous because she saw the blood from her own face. And they brought her out to the lobby and the smell of the buttery popcorn. Like she was like, since then she can't smell like movie theater popcorn. And so you have to stay away from a movie theater because it's like made of that smell. But so that was fresh on my mind when I went to the theater at the Americana Um, Mm -hmm. which is like, if you've never been to Los Angeles, the Grove and the Americana are kind of like if Disneyland had no, yeah, it's like Disneyland Main Street. It's Disneyland Main Street Mall. Yeah. So, um, so that's the theater that I went to and I was like ready to get hit in the face with the popcorn smell and there was really no popcorn smell. And so I was like, how are they accomplishing this? But I guess it's a really big theater. So maybe that's, maybe it was just like dissipated. But I was like, also like, maybe that's like an LA thing. Maybe people don't want to smell popcorn. It smelled like a hotel lobby to me. It was so weird. And then I was like, for a second, I was like, can I just not smell? Is this like, did I lose my sense of being able to smell popcorn because of COVID? But um, no, there was a smell, but it just didn't smell like popcorn. It was like a pleasant, boutique-ish smell. Hmm. But that's like, they pump that smell in. Do you think so? (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do. Because I think like the Americana and the Grove, like, yeah, I don't know. That's weird, though. It was so weird. I was so ready for like overwhelming popcorn smell. And I was like, maybe we're just not doing that anymore. It's been a long time since I've been to a theater. But anyway, I, mean, I have to let Natalie know that to, to me, the the theater at the Americana doesn't really smell like popcorn. So maybe she'd be able to go see a movie there. 
Um, I mean, yeah, also, like, you could wear a mask. She could wear a mask <laughs> through the lobby. True. The lobby. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it was um, it was a fun time, and I hope that people had a fun time, and I hope there wasn't too much restless Greg syndrome wherever you. Yeah, saw. I didn't notice. I didn't notice any restless Gregs, but like I wasn't also. I was also just not paying attention to any men. So <laughs> <laughs> that's you. always a good way to go. That's a good way yeah. to go. It was good. It was good. As you know, I was talking about the cats last week. And I have to tell you one thing that has not been an issue since I made the changeover is their food. Because their old food didn't smell great. And I sort of hated it every time. It was my turn to feed her <laughs> and him. And then we got smalls. It's cat food that's protein-packed, made with preservative-free ingredients, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls was started in 2017 by just a couple of dudes that were home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. And now Smalls feeds millions of kitties. We love it because we. I open it up and I'm not like, Bleh, the smell. I'm sorry. that Guys, that was always my, my issue. And I recognize all the ingredients. And Rosie and Gildo love it. Love it. And their breath has been so much better since switching over to Smalls. Listen, here's where you're like, why don't I just feed my cat kibble? But believe it or not, our cats, our little kitties, descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. They need fresh protein-packed meals to be at their best. Anyway, we love Smalls. And after making the switch to Smalls, I'm not the only one. 78% of cat owners reported that cats had shinier, softer fur. 90% uh, reported overall health improvements. It's a big deal. You want to take good care of your kitties. Remember, Higher quality ingredients means a healthier and happier life for your kitty. So head to smalls.com slash best and use promo code best at the checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use our code best for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code best for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Smalls.com slash best. Guys, hormones are, you know, they're on the brain for all of us. And I'm going to be honest with you, whether it's perimenopause, menopause, like just your period, the sponsor that we've started to work with mix hers is incredible and Casey and I each have like our own unique <laughs> things that we're dealing with but mix hers is a nutritional supplement that helps balance hormones from your first period to your first hot flash mix hers will be there with you every step of the way for women who need PMS relief mix hers created her time 
It's the most enjoyable, effective, long-term solution on the market because the ingredients nourish the root cause of hormonal imbalance and eliminate the need for additional costly PMS aids. It's a company that started in 2020 when the CEO, their CEO, Jess Toulson, had an unsuccessful search for postpartum period relief. And after she went to many different doctors, tried various medications, she met a holistic health practitioner named Cody Sanders, who created Mixer's first supplement to help balance hormones naturally. In addition to balancing hormones, Mixer's has a dozen products to support women's wellness from pre and postnatal supplements to menopause support to a libido booster for sexual wellness. Mixers has the ideal supplement for every woman on earth. And if you're not sure which Mixers drink is right for you, you can take their quiz to ensure that you get matched with products designed for your unique wellness goals. And all Mixers products are produced with 100% natural ingredients. They don't use any artificial flavors, colors, or added preservatives. And all of their products, all of them are gluten-free. So guys, join the thousands of women who've discovered feel-good freedom through balanced hormones. Head to mixhers.com slash best and use promo code best at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. Mixhers rarely gives discounts. So 10% is the best offer you're going to find anywhere. Remember to use our code, our promo code best for an additional 10% off at mixhers.com slash best. I've been having a hard moment though, because I mean, for lots of reasons, but um, I have not had my EDD medicine for days. Oh no, because of a shortage? Yeah, I can't get it anywhere. And I'm like, I feel real fucking weird. And I keep just like, I'm trying to just drink a lot of coffee to give myself the... Yeah, that's so bad. I'm so sorry that that's happening to you. It sucks. It's terrible. It sucks because it's also like, it makes me want my, and I've talked about this before, but one of my like, the biggest side effects of my ADD is like, just feeling, oh no, I'm going to cry. Is just feeling totally worthless, you know? And it's weird that the medication, for whatever reason, like puts an end to that piece in my brain where I feel like stupid and worthless and... Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's so weird that that part is the, is like maybe the strongest, most noticeable side effect for me. Like I'm still having a conversation. I can still talk, you know, (laughs) it's not like I can't do things without it. I can do things. I existed for so many, many years of my life without taking medication for ADD, but this like low grade feeling of like total worthlessness is wild that that pill fucking, I don't know, suppresses it, makes it go away. Like, I don't know what exactly it does or how it works in that way, but it does. And yeah, so that's the, like probably the worst part of of it 
It's been Ugh. like almost a week, I guess. Oh my gosh. D- what does your doctor say? Just nothing. I'm Kirsten. Like I've been, we've been having, you know, it's also hard because I'm, so I'm, I'm going back to New York, uh, tomorrow, but I, we've been trying to like locate it. I'm in South Carolina. In South Carolina, there's no, like we couldn't find it anywhere. And in New York, Kirsten's been trying to find it. And she literally found a place that had yesterday afternoon. They're like, we have 10 oh my gosh. pills. And so they gave me the 10 pills, but I'm not, it didn't make sense for her to like send them here for one day, you know? Right. right. So she's, so I'm just, I'm just powering through till tomorrow and then I'll take it. But like, I just, this is like, you know, it's another way that the fucking patriarchy keeps us down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Cause they're just, it's, they're in control. The government's in control of it. It's not like they're missing a piece, like a, like a piece of, some mind like mineral that needs to be put in. There's no shortage of the actual drug. The shortage is that the government controls how much is able to be produced by drug companies and they've refused to um, up the amount based on the increased need in the last several years. They, they They won't do it. Mostly because it's, you know, men in charge who are like, I don't know. I feel like they're overprescribing it to women. I don't trust these doctors. Fucking, uh, okay. What are we going to do? You, we can't have, I mean, yeah, we can't have, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Oh, I'm so sorry. That really, that really does suck. And I know a lot of people, I know, um, people in my family have also gone through shortage of it and just like waiting it out or trying to try alternative medications that don't work as well. And so many people I know are going through that, not just for ADD, but for other conditions. And it just fucking truly sucks. I'm sorry. Well, it sucks that like, it does look like when there's an actual shortage of a thing that can't be made because they're missing, you know, there's a shortage or whatever. Right. That's like one ingredients thing. or whatever. Ingredient, like an ingredient shortage. Exactly. But in the case of these ADD med- like drugs, there is no shortage. It's literally just because the government is controlling the production of it and they won't increase or allow for the increase of the production based on the increase in need in the last several years because right because they just won't and i'm not i'm not super familiar but i wonder if it also has to do with like companies holding patents on drugs instead of like I wonder if they opened up the patenting of certain drugs, if it would be possible for other companies. Like, is the cap, like, nationwide, or is it per company is only allowed to make so much? And so if, like, a company opened up their patent to another company, could they then make twice as much? I'm curious. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to do some research. 
there's no reason why company A can't make twice as much except for... You know, no, what I yeah, one hundred. Well, it's like that's yes. the whole point is that it's like there's, it's there's stupid. No, it's totally stupid, but also, in my opinion, there's no reason Company A should ever hold a patent on a drug that so many people Agreed. need, Agreed. and why it should I be mean, expensive. You know, there's so many drugs that are like it costs two cents to make it, and they hold on to patents for it so that they can charge a thousand dollars, right? Right, and no one else can make it, even though like. Pharmacists like, it's are like, like insulin. Yeah, exactly. It's insulin. Yes. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so that's what I've been dealing with. Plus the like sort of impending bird going to school thing. And yeah, how's that going? That's, I mean, emotions have been high. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. It's been wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's been weird and difficult and... It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, what are you going to do? You got to let know. your children grow up. Yeah. That's and hard though. experience things and like, you got to, you know, if you can, let them figure things out. I think it'll be, I do think. Ultimately, like I really am, a, I really believe that having some autonomy and some like life experience separate from being like with our family and with me so closely for Birdie will be really, really like a great thing for her to go through. Like, I think yeah. it's going to be pretty fantastic. I think so, too. Um, And that's why I got it. Like, that's why Mark and I got on board and agreed to let Birdie do this. You know, yeah. it's not like I like get so got so annoyed at some Instagram comments at some point. I'm like, you know, you don't have to let her go. La, 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 la. I was like, you know, you can fucking shut the fuck up. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Obviously. I know. I understand how parenting works. Like, I, we made this choice, like, you know, by considering what we think is the best way to parent this kid right now. Right. And that's what she wants to, you know, like, I don't think holding her back from this would be the best use of our parenting just because it's hard for me, you know? Right. <sighs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But are you guys having a good time between the hard times? It seems like you are. Oh yeah. 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 No. Good. I mean, the hard times are just like, like just me like crying. Yeah whilst watching a video with Birdie or something. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. just like all of a sudden like, oh my God, I'm not going to be doing this in two months, you know? Yeah. Um, it just is weird. It feels weird. And yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. <sighs> well, I'm sure the medicine shortage isn't helping. Um, and... Yeah, that's just fucked up. I'm sorry. That's a that's a bummer. And also, 
I don't know. I just support you so much. And like, I think this is going to be good for Birdie. I think it's going to be good for kind of everyone. I think it's going to be good for Cricket and it's going to be good for you guys just to like, you know, be able to have great conversations with Birdie about all the things that she's experiencing and that she's going to get to experience some things. Like, that's so lucky. And I know you know how lucky that is. And I know how hard it is to balance doing something that's like, it's hard. It's hard, you know? Like, it doesn't matter how good you know it will be for your kid. And in the long run, in in the short term, it's just hard. And yeah, yeah. But um, but I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for her. Uh, but yeah, of course you're gonna like cry your eyes out for the next month. It's crazy. Ugh. 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 My house um, is still torn the fuck up. This I is taking you forever. You said you were having some more issues. It's just like Literally the other day, we had so many workers in the house at one time. It was insane. And then like, okay, I'm not, I'm not making fun of one worker. I'm saying that I love this person. Um, But it kind of made my day because he showed up like ready to work in the bathroom and he was wearing Crocs. Which I'm like, I don't think that's up to code, so be careful. But he was also wearing like a Top Gun Goose flight suit as a uh, <laughs> costume as coveralls. No. And I was no. like, oh my God, I love this guy. And then another team brought in like three people, but one of the one of the workers was he came ahead and he was so young. And I didn't know if it was because he was young or because like he was relatively new or whatever but he literally he came ahead he was like the advanced team for his team to work on this tiny bathroom that there was going to be like so many people in and out of and he literally just was like he kept asking me for help personally like he kept and he kept asking like do you have such and such a tool do you have this and like can you come help me tape this up and I was like do I just kind of was like, wait, why don't you have those tools? And like, also, I mean, I will come help you, but also, like, am I supposed to help? Where'd you find? Where'd you find this? Where'd you find these guys? (laughs) I don't know. Matt found them, and then so finally, when we needed an electrician to come and cut one wire uh, that needed to be cut, we didn't even know what the wire was for, and um. Those guys came and I'm like familiar with them. They have been to the house to do things before. And it was, I was just so happy uh, that they were there because they like kind of took control of the situation. (laughs) They sort of were like, they sort of like, were like, no, like here's how it's going to go. And like you bring your own tools and, uh, and also, don't BYOT, ask, you guys. BYOT. <laughs> don't ask the lady just, of the house to come help you do some of the work because she does not know how to do it. Um, she will try to help you. But anyway, it, it has just been chaotic. It's really it's chaotic. Still, it's still torn up. And like Matt is doing a lot of the work himself. Here's what I'll say about Matt. He's a fucking goer, that guy. Like if a 
There's a hole in the wall and it needs patching. Even if he doesn't know how to patch a hole in the wall, he'll get mm-hmm. on YouTube. He'll watch the videos. He'll learn how to do it. Listen, well, I, you know, we talked about this. I think that there are tradesmen that are like excellent at their jobs and you want to get them to do the things that yes. you really need. Like a trade, like, first of all, electrical work, guys, I'm just going to say it. Don't do Don't it mess yourself. with it. Don't do Don't it yourself. It. You'll die. Like, you know what I mean? That's like the that thing. You worst have to be case able to, scenario, you, you could die. die. Yeah. You have to be able to have that judgment. Like, is this a is this a job that could potentially kill me or someone yeah. else? And, and if the answer is, I don't know, then you got to hire a professional. <laughs> but there are certain things like that YouTube is very helpful for. And yes. like, and I, during the pandemic, like learned a great deal from like how to clean out my own dryer vent in our old house. And like, that was, that was a revelation for me. Yeah. It's it's great. It's great to feel independent. Okay. Wait, sorry. Okay. Finish the mat thing. And then we do have to talk about the dead animal. Oh yes. Okay. So, okay. So Matt has been doing so much and like, that Sunday was Eli's birthday, so we didn't get a lot done because we were doing stuff for his birthday. And then, so yesterday was also Matt's day off, and he was ready to do a bunch of stuff. We had to go to the hardware store. As we're in the hardware store, as I said, Matt is like, he's ready. He's working. He's hardworking. He's always working. In the hardware store, he kept pausing and like pinching his side. And I was like, I don't know if you know this about Matt Busy. That guy can't eat seeds. He can't eat seeds. He oh, really does he get, does he have diverticulitis? He does. And nowadays they say that seeds and nuts don't really that it's a myth that they cause uh flare-ups in your stomach. But whenever he eats seeds or nuts, or you know, he just like a day later, he's in massive pain. And so, yeah. Well, diver- so that's I, what diverticulitis is. I know. But then I'm saying that now doctors are like, it's a myth that seeds and nuts affect you. But I'm saying, well, it might be a myth, but for whatever reason. And so at Emily Beebe's house, I guess Matt had eaten some cucumbers, which in the past haven't bothered him, but they do have seeds. So anyway, he was having this really bad stomach pain. And he just kept bending over and being like, no, it's okay. Like my stomach just hurts. I just need a minute to like let it pass or whatever. So for me, like there's, that's a situation where when it happens, there's not a lot you can do about it. You just have to wait for it to pass or whatever. Uh, But what I always go to is like acupressure. Like that is something that has been helpful to me in the past when I've had like pains that are just like not budging or whatever. And so we got through the checkout line and then we got out to the car in the hardware store parking lot. And I was like, got right on my phone and looked up like acupressure for like abdominal pain as a result of diverticulitis. And uh, I was like, lean your seat back or whatever. And so it dictated like these four points to like rub on or stimulate like on a person's abdomen or whatever. So I made him like unbutton his shirt with his seat like laid back and I was rubbing those points on his stomach. And then I realized that it totally looked like I was giving my husband a hand job in broad daylight in the... (laughs) 
<laughs> the parking lot of a, of a big box store. But uh, he said it felt better. He said it made him feel, feel better. So I don't know. I don't know. Acupressure, I think it works. I say it works. Uh, people, doctors say that nuts and seeds are a myth in terms of diverticulitis. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's my story. That's what I did yesterday. Athletic Greens. Oh my goodness. Guys, you know who our next partner is. Athletic Greens has a product that Casey and I love and use every day. We started taking Athletic Greens several years ago, both of us. And for me, it just, when I'm traveling, helps me make sure that I'm getting all of the things that I should be getting into my body without having to travel with or take a ton of different supplements and vitamins, like one for each thing. I love Athletic Greens because with one delicious scoop... You get, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a very special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health and nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you want to support. And it's just one scoop of water. It tastes so good. You can also put it in a smoothie if you like in the morning. I mean, it's good though, just with the water. I love the way it tastes. And it's lifestyle friendly. So if you're doing keto or paleo or vegan or dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, you can it fits right in. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it supports better sleep quality, recovery, better mental clarity and alertness. And... Lots of people have to take multivitamins or you take a bunch of different supplements and vitamins, but you want to make sure that you have high quality ingredients that your body can actually absorb and AG1 does. Plus it costs less than $3 a day. Come on. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee. (laughs) We talk a lot about the price of a cup of coffee today on this podcast. Anyway, right now, guys, try it out. If you haven't tried Athletic Greens yet, you know, it has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by everyone, including us. And if you haven't tried it yet, right now is the time. It is time. Time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Base, 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 base. You guys, I don't know. I got to tell you something. If you don't have your base luggage yet... (laughs) Well, I feel sorry for you because I am obsessed with my base luggage. And you know this. I've talked about it. Base, we've talked about it, guys. If you haven't heard it, now listen up. I'm serious. For real, for real, lean in. Base is the greatest luggage of all time. 
It can be hard to fit everything. I am an overpacker. You know I'm not great at it. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend, no problem. <laughs> Bring all the shoes. Base is an overpacker's dream. Base was created by an actress, Shay Mitchell, which is probably why she made it so that there's a place for everything and everything fits. She wanted to make sleek and affordable bags and luggage and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly and still looking chic. And she thought of everything. Base has everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, come on, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. It comes in so many cute colors and great sizes. And the Weekender bag is very functional and my favorite and has that separate little shoe storage compartment that I love so much. Listen, Base already has over 30,000 five-star reviews. It is the greatest luggage. And right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash best. Go to basetravel.com slash best for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash best. Anyway, I took too long telling my story about my husband and seeds and what it looked like we were doing in the car. But the fact is, but the fact is, he just needs to, like, he needs to just stay away from seeds. I know, but yeah, he he flew too close to the sun with a cucumber. What can I say? At a vegan friend's house, you know? But Mm. now we know better. But I took too long telling my story, and so you didn't get to your rodent story, and now our guest is joining us, so we have to hit pause on the rodent story. That's okay, we'll just have to hit pause. Was that my cue and I missed it? No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Because I'm sitting here going, I kind of want to hear about the rodent story. I want to know what's happening. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. We're so excited that our guest is joining us. She is most famous for a wildly popular television show that we're probably not supposed to mention. No, we can't. But you can look it up. (laughs) The the who must not be named. That's what I want to title it all. Yes, yes. She's multi-talented. It's Heather Morris. Hi, Heather. Hi. Bonjour. How are you guys? (laughs) So good. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, we're excited because you're here to talk about a project that exists outside of the AMPTP um, purview, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you write, that you write and executive produce, and it's a dramatic podcast. Is that it's what an, you would call it's it? an audio drama or like an old time radio show? I mean, it's a scripted podcast, but yeah, we're so lucky that it exists outside of the strike zone. Yes, and it's so called the Bystanders. It. Yeah, the Bystanders, season the bystanders. two with Jane Lynch from some other other things, but that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> But might give you a clue about what we were talking about. I feel like we're just doing like a weird puzzle. All that we're trying, we already talked about like, you know, the movie. 
that everybody's been to see this weekend, but without trying to but mention we didn't, it. But so. we didn't have anything to do with it. So I feel like we can, you can talk about things that you don't have anything to do with because it exists in pop culture, like zeitgeist. I think right? that's a good exception. Yeah. Right? I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm going tonight, by the way. I'm dressing in pink, getting drinks. <gasps> and I was so actually exciting. grateful that my husband was on board. He was like, please go have fun. I was like, oh, yes. He didn't want to see it though? He doesn't want to see it? No. Oh, see, you know it. what? I give him, I do give him credit because what we were talking about when we were talking about it earlier is that I said in the showing that I went to, there were a handful of husbands, maybe boyfriends that could not handle it and they couldn't sit down and watch the movie. They were just going to get popcorn, going to pee, <laughs> going to get a drink, standing up and like looking for their seats endlessly in the middle of the movie. I nicknamed it Restless Greg Syndrome because I think like men sometimes can't handle watching like a movie that's not for them. No, they sometimes. cannot. Like, I tried The Princess Bride with my husband. I was like, it's the best movie ever. You have to watch it. I mean, it's not great, but it's like a classic. I said, let's watch Princess Bride. You've never seen it. It was the bane of his existence. And it's a running joke. It's a running joke. Every time we turn on the TV, he's like, we should watch The Princess Bride. I was like, (laughs) you know what, dude? Like, Don't mock me. Do not mock me. Do not. How many times have we watched The Dark Knight? And I just smile. This is exact. It's so good that you're here today to talk about this. And I'm going to say, I think millions of Princess Bride fans confirm your good taste. So your husband, like, it might not be for him, but... They're laughing at themselves in the movie. That's the point. It's like, it's a big, you know, it's a big, like, self-aware movie. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, it doesn't doesn't matter. What we're here to talk about... Is you and your podcast season two? Congratulations! Thank You're the you. executive producer. That's what I want to talk to you most about. You're the executive producer of this dramatic podcast. It's like an old timey radio show, which we've also which talked we about, love. which we love. And I think it's so great that it's something that you're able to do, like outside of all this strike. It's not nonsense, but it is. Uh, it is inconvenient. No, it's very important. It is inconvenient. Yes, it yeah, sucks for people but it's that so important. Yeah, Ugh, that like to make things. And- <laughs> what but did you so- say? It's driving me insane. Like the greed of this world right now is getting to me in a way that I can't. I'm like so angry <laughs> that I I don't even know what to do. Like it's sitting, it's all sitting right here in my in your throat, throat. Guys, you can't see it. You your can't thyroid, it your thyroid is on fire. My thyroid is on fire, actually. Literally. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Literally. Literally. But um, but it's just like, it's so indicative of everything systemically that's happening. And I just am so fired. Like, I'm just so fired up and I want it to be, I want to win. <laughs> I want us I to win. win. I know. I want we, the I mean, we ha- to win. It's, it's not new though. I mean, for no, me too, new. like certain shows that should not be named were sent to other, other uh, platforms and I'm sitting here going like, hey, do we get a buyout? Is there like deals being made for this platform? I know we're trying to get to the goodness and I'm, I'm so excited too. But yeah. I, no, but this is important and I would love it's important. to hear from you. Even, even the question like where is our buyout or will we continue to get the same res- residuals? It's crickets. 
it, it's been crickets yeah. for years. And I'm sitting here going, what's happening and why? And so it's very overdue, but it does suck because we just went through the pandemic as actors and we didn't get to work for so long. And it's so important that we're doing this. I feel so good, but I'm in the same boat. Busy. I'm like, I just, when are you going to get it? When it's not, it's not, it's no, it's, it's not, it's makes so much sense just to be like, of course you deserve that. Um, also, it's just the right thing to do. Like, I'm just also just so sick of people not doing the right thing. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, uh, that's Busy, the You have a good that... moral compass. You have a really good moral compass. I try. I think <laughs> I try. I'm curious. I'm curious what drew you to doing uh, like a, a dramatic podcast. A scripted podcast. Scripted yeah. podcast. And, and being, if it and was like running the show, which I'm so proud. I, I'm, that's you. what I'm so interested in because that's amazing. And I always love when someone who's like a performer is like, oh, also I can do this. I like, yeah. this is something that I can handle and be in charge of. Yeah. Well, I mean, even speaking of like your pivot moments, do we get into it? I don't know, but it was yeah. such a huge pivot moment for me because Listen, like I got Glee right off the bat. I hadn't been auditioning. I just barely started like acting school in LA. I had been a professional dancer for years. Um, but this was my very first gig that I ever, I didn't even audition for this show, right? Like I met Ryan Murphy and I was working as a choreographer's assistant and they needed dancers to kind of sway in the background and be a little bit better than some of the other actors. <laughs> and so they had seen me dance, met me a few times. Um, I wore my best, my best jumpsuit from American Apparel. Um, <laughs> and I got the job. And I got the job. And so I had no experience. So from that, once I finished with the show, um, I had no experience auditioning. So auditioning for me was so different and such a whirlwind. whirlwind and I was terrible at it. I yeah. got so nervous in the room. And I actually- it's a I got a skill. It's a crazy skill. And I listened to yeah. your podcast once, Busy, when you were on Anna's, on a Ferris's. And you, oh, said, yeah? you said, when I leave the room, I throw my sides in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I- this is what I need. And it's so yeah. important because I was so bad at it. So anyways, from there, it's like, well, what do I do with, you know, all this passion and talent that I have inside and I want to still create and perform. And um, my good friends, Ash Lindsayan and Jacqueline Hales were basically not even pitching the idea of the podcast, the bystanders. They were just talking about it in conversation. And just the general idea of the original Kitty, Gen Kitty Genovese story where there was this woman who was in her apartment complex and was stabbed to death and all of the surrounding neighbors watched it happen and did nothing about it. Right. And so it's this phenomenon that, you know, we've been exploring for years and especially in the entertainment industry, but no never has it been like one show exploring the bystanders. You know, it's only like episodes here and there. Um, and so when they were discussing this show idea in conversation, I was like, this is amazing. But what if, like, what if we turn this into 
a scripted podcast because I had just listened to Homecoming. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the original podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah. I had just listened to it. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make an audio drama. How are we going to pivot this into like, you know, the writing has to be different. It, you, it's not visual. Um, and they were on board. Which That's was so cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And how has the experience been for you? I, I'd imagine that you've learned a ton. So much. Yeah. So many great things. And it's constantly, I'm constantly learning new things. Because the first season we were in the pandemic. And so it was a lot more contained. They were actor friends. Like Kristen Chenoweth was in our season one. And she was somebody that I just texted and was like, hey, are you bored? Of course you are. Would you like to come join us? Jane Lynch is going to do it. You can record in your closet. And right. send us the audio, and that's it. And she was like, of course I'd love to. Um, and so basically it was all favors for us. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. So Well, that says a lot about you, too, that you had such great favors to be called in. Well, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I, I, in some lives, you, know you know what I mean? Like, people say something that you're like, well, in some lives, yes. In other lives, I, I guarantee you there's people who have met me who have said differently. But I always appreciate that I give off a good impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all I think of us, generating generating goodwill is very important. In I this think it's industry. important too, and also you in know life. What? You know what, Heather? Yeah. Sometimes I think that I think I'm similar in that I feel like I'm more of like a goodwill bear or whatever. Okay, uh, but sometimes <laughs> I get bummed out that I'm like, I wonder if I even do have any haters, and then I cheer myself up by being like, I'm sure I do. I'm sure I have. Oh, I for sure do. I mean, that's not. <laughs> Even a question, but whatever. I, I mean, it, I that feel like is if what you it have, is. If you it's, have, yeah, haters, you just have that to come to peace with something. the haters. <laughs> yeah, or just say I'm bye. okay. I'm okay with the idea of people hating on me for whatever they're. I mean, I feel sad for them because they're missing out. They're missing out on the goodness. <laughs> they are, really are the BP goodness. How Heather? How? Like, do you feel like you might want to do another? dramatic podcast? Oh, I would love to. I mean, endlessly. Are you thinking about other ideas? Are you like, and how does it work? Did you guys pitch it to a different, like to network, you know, to like podcast networks or are you, do you do it independently? Um, so, so we did, we, we pitched it to a few podcast networks and most of them you know, ones that had already done scripted podcasts because we wanted somebody coming on board who kind of knew the ins and outs of making scripted podcasts. Mm -hmm. And most of them, you know, had passed. We went to a few that just said, no, thank you. We love the idea. No, thank you. We don't need more content. No, thank you, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, okay, that's fine. We're going to make it on our own. And we luckily had the ability from season one to do a season two. Um, And just... I mean, what's speaking of the strike too, for us, it was like, we are able to be our own network because it's so daunting. Like this whole podcast world Mm -hmm. um, is free, right? Right. Like we're constantly asking you to listen to our stuff for free. It's like, we'll get a thousand million downloads and then we start getting paid. And it's like, that's the same Netflix model. And so with season two specifically for the scripted podcast, we were like, 
we saw Gimlet Media and Q Code Media do the same thing where they asked for subscriptions. And I'm like, we put so much effort into this. We deserve to get paid. And that was our whole business model for season two was like, well, we got a lot of downloads and people were super interested. They loved it. They loved the quality. Um, the soundscape is just immense. And so it's just so rich. Um, and the performances, the writing, the writing is hysterical. Um, and so why not? Why not ask for, you know, you to support our our, our work for season two? Um, and so it's just, it's hard to see that translation because people are going, well, I had free for so long. Right. You gave right. me free for so long. Why are you asking me to pay for something? You know, how dare right. you? And if it's people really, do get really, they get really upset when you ask them to pay. <laughs> it is yes. so interesting. And then I'm sure you've also found, because, you know, we do some things that are subscription-based too, and we felt weird about it for the longest time. Like, should we be asking, again, because like we've given people all of whatever we're doing for free, or it's been like, sponsored by some corporate entity, but now, you know, throw in a little like subscription. And it's so interesting to me because some people are exactly like this. Like, why would I pay for this? Or how are you asking me to pay for this? And I'm like, well, like me in particular, I need to make a living and I spend a lot of time doing this, just like you said. But have you also had the experience where people are like, oh, it's my pleasure to pay for this because like I can and I love what you did and I'm grateful for getting it free last season. And so like, have you had that experience where people are like, I'm happy to support, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the goods, you know, those good people and the people too who they just know like they have been through it themselves or, or just I think anybody with common decency and that moral compass that we're talking about is like, well, obviously you worked your ass off for this. Right. Of course, I'd love to. Um, and I think more and more people are aware of that. They're yeah. they're trying. They're really trying to understand it. And it's not lost on people. I think they just, they aren't knowledgeable. We can yeah. say that. I think they that's true. Yeah, I think that that's true. And then I also think it is, I mean, it's confusing for me, like all of the subscriptions that I am yeah. right. trying to juggle. Like, I'm like, wait, why am I paying for, what am I paying for? What is all this? Yes. Yeah, I have to go, I go through monthly. I like wake up 7 a.m. with stress and I look at my subscriptions and I'm like, okay, what do I have to cancel? <laughs> but we lot. make it I easy. We make it easy. We asked you for $2 for the entire year. That's it. And that's why it's so simple because you're like, of course I'll pay $2. $2? To go listen to that's so reasonable. $2. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm, so, I'm going to subscribe for $2. Thank Same. you. I mean, it's so worth it. You have Kathleen Turner, um, Jane Lynch, Margaret Cho, Jolo Trulio, Beth Dover, who, by the way, Jolo Trulio and Beth Dover as a couple are amazing, but they recorded together. We asked them to do two scenes together. And so the ones that we chose obviously were of them together, of them riffing and just having a blast and like giving each other shit. Um, those oh are my, my one of my favorite scenes on the show is having them as a couple do it. And we have Luke Cook, which I don't know if you guys follow his content, but he's fucking hysterical. No, I don't know who he is. He's an actor. He was on um, the new Sabrina show that came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he also, he makes a killer on TikTok and he's super talented. And he just basically makes fun of a bunch of douchebags on TikTok. That's and. Funny. <laughs> He also teaches fitness classes. I don't know. He's a superhuman. But he has millions of followers on TikTok. He's a hustler. 
He's a hustler. You got to hustle. Knows. And he came and did a kick-ass job. He auditioned for us, which was such That's a surprise. Because awesome. we asked, you know, we said, could we, we want you, but could we get an audition? And he was so grateful too, but he killed it. He plays our villain on on the bystanders and just the the shit he would say and the songs he would sing, like the little <laughs> tidbits as actors that you can add to a character that make it your own is so fun for the creator because you're like, that's it. That's what I want is for you to sing a theme song to the bystanders. And now, you know, can we use it because you're so brilliant? And he's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God, that's amazing. I love it. Well, I'm I just love that you're doing this so much because I think that you have the same spirit and attitude that we do about things, which is like this is a hard business, but like doing what we want to do shouldn't be hard. And so like what's the plan for going forward when people say no, we don't need any more content. No, thank you or whatever. Does that mean you don't get to do it? No, why should it mean no. you don't get to do it? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you limit my abilities? <laughs> I so tried to pep talk it. my children last yesterday with that. I was like, <laughs> let's do a chant together. You can accomplish anything. And they were like, mom, what, what if I decide to be a bad guy? And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This went south so hard. You can I do it? <laughs> I, I guess yeah, you can do it. I love that. Wait, the, how it seems like they're kids? worried about it. It seems like they're like, what if this happened? Like, what if I go yeah, down what if a I bad decide, path? What if I decide to be a bad guy? How old are you? Um, seven and nine. So fourth Eight. and second. Two oh. boys. Lots of lots of naked penises slapping around the house. Wow. <laughs> you yes. Know? They do eventually put on pants, in my experience. Oh, for I sure. Had, I had two nudie boys too. Did you? Yeah, but that now they're like never nude. So, well, my oldest <laughs> is getting the awareness of girls and boobs. And well, the other day he goes, well, we were at the beach, and then we left, and he goes, "Mom," <laughs> he was like, "Mom, when you know when you get a certain age, and then you start walking in a bathing suit, and your butt just sorts starts to jiggle a little bit." And I was like, are you talking about my butt? And he was like, uh, well, yeah. I was like, so none of the other younger girls do? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, God. You're as sweet as you're trying to be right now. This is, um, yeah, anyway, so the, the whole penis thing around the house, I'm like, I need this to stop. Because we just adopted a dog. He's like a, a cute little adoptee. And could you imagine just like a naked boy with a penis? It gets me scared. Like, what if the dog is like, what's that? <laughs> yeah. What if he's like, that looks like one of my, you know, chew toys. Chew That's toys. a trip to the emergency room you don't that no want. no one wants. No one wants that. You, you don't no. want it. And then for you, it'd be in People Magazine after. And Ugh, what a disaster. Breaking news. Heather's Just like- son gets his penis bit off by a dog. <laughs> Oh God, that would be so horrible. And then he has to live live it down his whole life. You just you don't want He's it. Like, no, they sewed so, it back on. It was fine. No, it's fine. No, <laughs> it wasn't clean. It wasn't a wasn't all all the way off. Oh well, maybe you can have a little conversation with him and say, you know, honey, when you get to a certain age and your penis is flapping around the house, maybe it's time to put some pants on because we yeah. have a new dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's time to wear that superhero we costume don't. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. I do miss my sons wearing superhero costumes. I ha- my younger son was super shy, and in his mind, he always thought that like putting on a costume would like make Transform him more him. invisible yeah. as opposed to mm. like way more visible. So we've talked about this on the podcast a million times, but one of my favorite pictures of him is when he was super shy and super little. And I, in July, I told him, go get dressed for your brother's birthday party because we were having a party on the beach. And he came down in a full Phantom of the Opera costume. And I was like, yes, of course, that is what. Not Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Of course, that is what you wear to a beach birthday party in July when you don't want anyone to to notice you. You have to. How else are you going to blend in? We, our our good friend's daughter, wore a full ball gown to the pool party two days ago, and her mom was like, "I don't know, I don't know what to do. I just let her put it on. She's sitting by the pool. I snapped a photo. I was like, this is epic. She's wearing it's a perfect. sequin ball gown. Good for Listen, her. Good for her. It made her feel comfortable. I wish I was in a ball gown. I saw I saw a girl at the movies this weekend in a full ball gown, and I was like, "That's a commitment to a theme." (laughs) Good for good for you, Birdie's like, I think she's, I think it's over the top, and I was like, "No, do you? Do you think that's over the top?" (laughs) Like Birdie, of course it is. That's the point. It's great. That's the point. Sometimes I want to survive and live in that world, and it's I just can't do it, but I want to. I think you should because I'm sure both of you have beautiful things in your closet that are just waiting for an occasion. And it's like, what's the occasion? Like, we don't, like, a lot of occasions lately have been bad news bears, you know? So I'm like, just wear, just wear your gown out. Go to dinner. Wear your gown to a pool party. Yeah, wear your gown to a pool party. Okay, the next pool party, I'm going to wear a gown. (laughs) Do it. Okay, great. Do it. That's it. Tag me and I'll wear my gown. Great. Don't don't save it because as Heather just said, she took a picture of that little girl. You'll take your picture. You'll look cute. It'll be worth it. It'll be it will be worth it to have gone over the top like that movie that we're not supposed to talk about over the top. I have no idea. idea. The arm wrestling. It was like an arm wrestling movie. Wait, am I drunk? Am I on drugs? Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about. I think there's, I don't know. I'll look it up. But we're not supposed to be talking about movies anyway. But there's an arm wrestling movie that I think is called Over the Top. I could be 100% wrong on all counts. I'm going to see if my kids, yeah, I'm going to try it. Ask your husband to watch it with you and see how it goes. (laughs) He'll be into that. See if it's for him or if he gets Over the Top Princess Bride. Greg syndrome. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what I've been enjoying a lot this summer, especially here at the beach? My June shine. June shine is insanely delicious and kind of better for you, alcohol. It's made with real premium ingredients. And unlike most alcoholic beverages... They're very transparent about every ingredient they put in their products. And now June Shine makes canned cocktails, which is exciting. Margaritas and vodka sodas and rum cocktails made with premium ingredients that taste amazing and have no added sugar, which is kind of a big deal. Okay, the margarita pack, four different flavors, spicy, mango, tropical, and lime. My personal favorites for the lime and the spicy and all made with very high quality tequila. They're delicious. 
Um, and also they have a mixed pack, which has a little bit of everything, tequila, vodka, rum, so you can try it all. Best of all, it really doesn't leave you with like, I just drank a ton of sugar feeling. No, this is like, like a much lighter, brighter buzz. The leading canned cocktail, margarita, has 27 grams of sugar. And they don't put nutrition facts on those packaging. Like, I don't think you really need 27 grams of sugar to make a delicious margarita. June Shine made one with six grams of sugar, which is all from the real ingredients they use, like orange and lime. June Shine's margarita tastes so good and has zero added flavor. It's flavored only with real orange and lime juice, premium tequila, and a hint of sea salt. I love it. June Shine can be found in over 10,000 stores across the country. It's available at retailers you're already visiting for groceries and alcohol, Whole Foods, Target, Ralph's, Vaughn's, Albertson's, Kroger's, Wegmans, Total Wine, BevMo, Safeway, and more. But listen, we've worked out a special offer for our listeners at any store. You can buy one June Shine package and get the second for only a penny. That's one cent, guys. That's uh, $12 to $20 in value. I think you should try one of their best-selling variety packs. It's a great way to try all of the delicious flavors. All you have to do is go to juneshine.com slash busy, text them a photo of your receipt, and they'll Venmo you immediately. What? It's that easy. It's juneshine.com slash busy, J-U-N-E-S-H-I-N-E dot com slash busy. What a deal. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is not always the easiest. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're faced with really tough choices. The path forward isn't always clear. You know, I'm very open with a lot of the stuff in my life that feels overwhelming. And personally, my therapy has been so important to me, really to help me feel grounded. And I do notice the difference when I don't make the time for it, you know, because it's taught me so much in terms of coping skills and also just making, you know, making, making me feel heard. And I highly recommend therapy to anyone and everyone. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You know, BetterHelp is there to try to connect people with great therapists so that they can start to get help for all of the things. You know, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash busy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash busy to get 10% off your first month. Honestly, highly recommend it. Betterhelp.com slash busy. So what else is going on? You're 
in the middle of the strike with all of us. You have your kids. You're doing this podcast. Thank goodness for this podcast because there's going to come a time when all of this is going to come home to roost and we're all going to hit a real dry patch entertainment-wise. Absolutely. We're going to need high-quality things to sustain our imaginations. Well, what's so fantastic about the the Bystanders podcast um, is we actually mixed in Dolby Atmos sound. So I flew to Nashville. So speaking of, you know, the content, like just the enrichment of it, we got to mix it in a room where they mix all of the Dolby Atmos, like the films, audio tracks with prints, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it was, I felt so lucky that we got to do that. And so when you're, um, especially season two, because season one, we didn't do that. We still had a wonderful audio engineer, um, Alex Carter, who is fantastic and just kills it. Um, So sweet. But season two, we went out there and did that. And so just the sound mix of like the, we have birds, (laughs) Our, our th- like we have like random birds in this thing, right? I'm selling it great. Um, but the the bystanders moment where you see, where the people are involved in an accident is a bird attack, and so somebody gets attacked on a swan boat. Okay, <laughs> oh, and so you God. hear all these birds like flying around you, and it really feels like you are in the seat with these people on this swan tour with. Kathleen Turner on a microphone and you hear her shouting from like the far left side of the room. And then you have Darren Chris who plays um, our character, Billy, who gets attacked like on the far right side of the room. And so you get this whole soundscape like you've never experienced wow, so before. Yeah. It's really fascinating to like go through that. And, and as a director working with Ash and Jacqueline, like creating the world as if you're filming it, but you're listening to it. So like being in that room deciding, okay, this is where this character's standing. And then this is where this character's standing. And then where is this person coming from in the room? They're walking in from the front. The front is directly in front of us, bringing them to the back of us. Or if a character runs to the back of the room, what does the reverb sound like in this warehouse? Because they're... (laughs) existing mostly in this giant warehouse where they've been kidnapped. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's just so cool. Like what you can yeah. do with these, these audio It's really dramas. interesting. Like as you're talking about it, that you are building the visuals with sound so that when the listener is experiencing the show, they can place, they can picture where all of the things are happening. Yeah. And you had to, think of where you wanted them to be placed and how it would like it's really fascinating and then the rest of it is like up to the listener's imagination yeah they're like listening to a book i'm so happy that you decided to go like full out and give it like the full you took it seriously that is something that i really admire yeah i really admire when people endeavor to do something often something that they've never done before, mm-hmm. but they take themselves... Or different, yeah. Yeah, they take themselves and the project seriously, and it shows, you know? It really, really shows, and it sounds like you've made, like, a super top-quality, immersive second season. The first season's great. So I'm excited to dive into the second season to hear all this this Dolby Atmos sound. That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It's, I mean, we're so lucky that we got to explore that. And, you know, Ash and Jacqueline also, like, 
they have such a great creative vision. Um, just, just so I'm just so lucky that I get to work alongside those two. Um, and we also have a great financier who kind of got involved as well. And it's just like this female team love that it. we created. Um, love. And even if we're still learning and exploring things, like we don't quite understand something, we get on a Zoom every every week and we talk about it and everybody's really understanding. And it's like, I get you. I understand you're exploring that. I'm so sorry if I made you. You know what I mean? That's like really healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so great and helpful to have that as a creative team because you don't get that in, in the industry a lot. It's so, no. people expect it to be fast and quick and done and done and done. And, and it's nice to have somebody that's like, listen, I didn't quite understand this. And I'm grateful that you allowed me to figure it out on my own. I love that. I, I think yeah. it's I think it's so important. I think we'd be in such a better place if more people felt comfortable saying, like, I actually don't know how to do that. Oh my God, totally. It doesn't mean that you're not qualified for the job that you're in or whatever. It shouldn't mean that anyway. But I just I feel like it's something that people are and probably rightfully so afraid to admit. Like I actually that's not something that I've ever done before. So can you just walk me through it? I'm sure I can do, you know, it, it's like none of this. That's is how I, surgery. that's how I live my life. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I need you to tell me. And then people just don't have time. <laughs> They're like, I don't have time for that. I'm like, okay, well then I can't, I don't know. <sighs> Gonna have to watch YouTube is that lazy? Is that lazy? And figure it no, out. No, no, I don't think it's lazy. And I think like you probably spend a lot of time learning things on your own because now you do this thing like you didn't know how to do this just two seasons ago and now you're probably an expert in it or on your way. Oh my God, it really is so good. I mean, it's just so incredible. Just all those actors too and like what they did. I mean, we have Wayne Knight in season two. So great. We have Newman. Of course. Newman was so damn professional. (laughs) Wayne was when he walked in to record. Just like... So amazing. And he, it was also like he was doing stand-up uh-huh. when he was recording because he, he was one of the only actors. We got um, Kathleen Turner and Wayne Knight uh, and Darren Chris re- requested to have a studio. The rest were fine taking a mic and doing it at home. Yeah, And our audio engineer kind of took over their computer and just did everything for them. But um, Wayne Knight wanted to be in studio and... After every time he would do a take, he would look at us and kind of watch us while he was doing it to make sure that it was cool or he got the laugh, you know, like, and once he saw us laugh, he was like, okay, I got it. How else do you want it? Oh my God. I'm like, I love this. This is why I do what I do. That's so Uh, great. I love it. I'm so proud. I mean, we're meeting for the first time, but I'm just so proud of you for like doing this thing and that you're like producing it. It's it's just super cool. Do you still well, we can't dance? Be I do. I still dance. I teach. Yeah. I am a dance teacher. I travel around the country and I teach jazz dance um, to f- five to 18 year olds on the weekends on a dance convention, which if you don't know, it's basically like a bunch of teachers come together and you get to go to a convention center and take class, um, you know, from all these amazing teachers you watch on Instagram and et cetera, et cetera. And so you get, you know, most studios sign up for it um, and they compete and they, they do competition at night, but in the, in the mornings on Saturday, Sunday, they'll take class from, from me. And most of the time, they don't know who I am and could care less, <laughs> but their parents come up to me afterwards and are like, oh, 
I love your show and can I take a picture with you and don't tell my daughter they're so embarrassed and I'm like yeah go on embarrass them let's take a photo I need all the love I can get I'm I'm, I'm a dumb breed <laughs> do your boys dance my oldest refuses my youngest is a ham and loves it he just started hip-hop tap and went to recital nice and he is a star he is a oh star. Oh my God. I, I love, love that. It. We went to the Globetrotters game a few years ago and I, I, I went as like a celebrity guest and they called him up to like the court to do like a bit with him. And I thought he would cling to my arm and like not stand up or, you know what I mean? You never know how a kid's going to react. You never yeah. know. You never know. He didn't even look back. He jumped up <laughs> so fast And got on that court and they did this whole bit where he was their son and, you know, they didn't know his name, whatever. And then they were doing (laughs) dance moves on the court for the whole audience and then had him copy. And that kid was living his life. Like he got the crowd going and didn't stop. They had to like bring him back to the seat and tell him he couldn't come back out because he was so <laughs> They're like, your bit's over now. Kid. Your bit's Sit over. Down. You're done. Sit down. That's amazing. I was well, like, it's that is wild. Settle the strike so that we can get him in, in the union. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just not a good momager. <laughs> are you guys? Are your kids no. interested? No. Mm-hmm. Birdie's, Birdie was on a TV show. Um for Am- on Amazon, but that was because the showrunner creator of the show and I went to college together and she like personally reached out and was like, would Bertie want to audition for this? Cause I feel like this could be like a perfect part for Bertie. And, and she got it and did it. And it was like the worst, I mean, bless, like it was a great experience in so many ways, but for me, like I hated being on set. I hated being like the momager because you have to be there with them. It was like, I don't know, man. Yeah, they can't be there by themselves. No, of course not. And I felt very comfortable because I knew all of the people involved and it was like, you know, I felt very comfortable with that piece of it. But just, it really drove home to me that like, if Birdie or Cricket wants to pursue this life, they can do it when they're 18 or older so that I don't have to that's, be on that's set That's how with I feel. Did it, because I'm just like, it's not, I've been on sets, you know, like I don't yeah. need to be there and not work. Like sit there to and me, the knit. Bo- you know, the boredom of sitting in a trailer and waiting and waiting and waiting is um, only is only acceptable because the reward is that then I would get to go do my thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I love to do. You get to be on camera. But to be there for my, I mean, you guys, I'm sounding, I sound like a bad, do I sound like a bad mom? I'm just saying, it's like, it's just not, it's not, you can't like, you have to give up your entire life for your kids to do this thing. It's like, and I don't think, well, whatever. I have a whole other thought well it's good that people hear it because they i don't think people are aware how much waiting that you do on set like you could get called it i mean you they probably heard it but like you could get called in at 8 a.m and not work until 8 p.m so you're just sitting there just sitting around but also like 
I just don't think sets are like the greatest place for kids anyway. And no. this was best case scenario. Like I knew all the people involved. I knew who was playing Birdie's dad. I, you know, my, like I said, my friend created the show and was the showrunner and was there the entire time. I knew the director. Like I literally knew everyone involved, best case scenario. Right. And I still am just like, sets are just not for kids. They're just not. Like I, I don't even know what the answer is. Like, or wild I, animals. <laughs> Like kids and wild animals. Yeah, right. it's just, it's like... Similar. <laughs> it is similar. But it's also just the, I don't know, there's, kids shouldn't be at work. And, and even kids, I loved it when I was a kid. Like I wanted to be an actress. I couldn't wait to get, I kept asking my mom to get me an agent and let me audition and go be on TV. And she was like, you can do theater at school. And, you know... That's a good the, decision. Like, oh, kids yeah. theater, you know, in town. And... That is an appropriate place to put your passion for the arts when you're a kid. Or I had other friends who like would make little movies themselves. Right. Great. Fantastic. Well, because it's hard because when you're a kid, like your your emotions aren't fully developed. And also your schedule is very particular to who you are physiologically and psychologically. And the second that you sign on to like a professional paid production, that all ends. So it doesn't matter if a kid is flagging or tired or hungry or needs to get outside to get a break, which you could do in the course of your regular day. As soon as they're signed on as a professional actor, like that, that's all, all those rights kind of go away. What irks me is like how far they have to go with like kids. You know, like babies especially, because if they want a baby to cry, they have to get the baby, like, really hungry and really tired. Um, And I'm like, that sucks, that poor child. And it's also a lot. Like, I've had friends who have had their little babies be models. And, like, my my, um, one mom that I know got in trouble because she brought a baby to the shoot in a diaper, and it had diaper marks on the baby's body. And they were like, oh, you should have just wrapped the baby in a blanket, and we we can't have diaper marks. And so now we have to, like, fire (laughs) your baby and hire another baby that came without diaper marks. And I'm just like, oh, my God. No, it's ridiculous. But I mean— But bless, but bless. it is funny. It is funny. The kids of performers who like that spotlight hits them and they're like, I'm ready to go. Like (laughs) I do, I do appreciate, I have multiple friends who are, you know, in, who are actors, performers themselves who now have kids and like, you just, it, it comes out of nowhere. And they're just like, they want to take center stage. These kids are like ready to go and they're talented and they're good at it. Like they have no fear. It's just like they have no fear. It's an innate quality. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's cute. I can't wait to see what I want it. What your kid What little Owen ends up, does? My little mini me. Your, your mini me, where he, <laughs> he ends up uh taking center stage. You never Same. know. You never know. <laughs> just not I'm just like, you can't be a YouTube star. That's all I care about. I mean, I, I love oh, everybody okay. and what they do, but I, I, yeah, that's a hard no for me. Is the YouTube a hard that's no? A, that's a hard because no. it's just because you don't want to watch YouTube videos. I mean, yeah, and I also don't want to edit them. <laughs> I'm like, when you learn to edit, you can make them. Well, right. my my ten year old edits, and she's <gasps> like very skilled at making edits and edit. Like she uses actual on the computer, what she like use? real software. I don't know. Heather, I'm like not. Final cut? I'm not an editor. 
<laughs> she doesn't use no, Final we're Cut. too old. I don't, no. I don't think it's Final Cut. She uses something else. Mark, my uh, kid's dad, like, got a program for her that she uses. But she makes edits. She, like, animates things. She draws little characters and then animates them. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Eli thing. got that app where he can animate. I love that. It's, do really that, cute. you know, do that, animate. Yeah, she loves <laughs> Good it. for her. That's so sweet. I know. I like, so I'm like, try, I try to be encouraging of whatever, I don't know. Yeah, whatever, whatever creative, creative thing. Outlet they, the kids want to participate in. I'm like, that's great. As long as it's not professional because I'm not going to be there. Well, <laughs> I can't do it. Elijah, my oldest, has decided that he wants to make an anime version of the bystanders because he wants to be involved creatively however he can. And That's so at first season, he said I was going to do voice. He wanted to do voiceover. So I let him and it was really cute. Um, and he gets nervous and stuff. So second season, he's a, an artist. He loves to draw. And he was like, I'm going to make an anime version of the bystanders. Just you wait. And he made like, it was like a stick figure version, but... Oh, I was so like, cute. you have a you have a talent, bro. Let's go. That's so cute. Yeah, my ten so my ten year old uh, daughter is really into anime too. She loves what? it. It's very hip, right? Very hip. You guys, I listen guess. to me. <laughs> I'm such a mom. It's so hot it's with the so kids. Hot. Anime <laughs> is very hot with the children. Um, no, but she loves anime too, and she's always like, she's like very into. Oh my gosh, I don't know their names. The anime people. Like the f- most famous like anime creator. There's so guy. much material yeah, out I don't there. Know. It's, Guys, a, it's I don't a know. lot to keep. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if I like being in this era of my life where I'm like, I just don't know. Or if it's shameful, you know, because you have to shame your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I vacillate. A lot of times I just feel like, I mean, I have said to my kids before, like when I hit the wall and I'm like, guys, you got to stop making fun of me right now because I'm a person <laughs> and it hurts my feelings. Like, I understand that I'm not cool and that I don't know what you're talking about, but like, I've hit the, I've hit the end. I can't. Do you get them back? No. Like, do you ever get like, revengeful and like, but not even me, like in words, do you like play pranks on them? No. <laughs> you should start playing No, I don't think my children them. would like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that that they would go tell Yeah, but would Busy like it? I mean, probably. Yeah. I probably. will say that there were a couple of times when I agreed to having a snowball fight with my kids and got a little too into it. And then I realized I know you that did. I was working out other things. <laughs> you did tell me that once. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> but like, it was so lucky because the kids were like, ha, 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 this is so fun. This is so fun. And then like, that was a, that was a little hard, mom, that one. That, that well, the instant thing. that they cry... I don't even think it's for pain. I think it's like, I can't believe my mom did that to me. You know? Like, yes. Yes. And then one you time like also shit. I did throw uh, a drink in my son's face because he was being so naughty. And I was like, you do that one more time. I'm going to throw this in your face. Like for a joke. And he was like, you would never dare. You would never d- throw a drink in the house because it would get the house dirty. And I was like, did it. And then he... But I knew the situation. I knew that he would laugh. And he was like, I can't believe you did. <laughs> I can't believe you threw that your drink in my face. But it was also kind of fun because that's a thing that you see on TV all the time. And you rarely get to do it in real life. So, Well, you know. fun fact on the thing that we must not talk about. 
and that I was a, well, a sh- a thing, the thing that I was a part of that is wildly popular. Mm-hmm. The running gag of the sh- the thing was that everybody got a drink to the face, a slushy. Oh, yes, right. yes, yes, of course, of course. I was the only one who <gasps> never got a drink to the face, and it was the best secret I ever kept. Because I didn't, say, you know, a lot of people would say it in front of the the writers. Yeah, like, and then they I would rectify gotten, the situation. I'm sure they would be like, "Oh, you haven't," and then oh, you cut ha- to next Genu- episode. It would genuinely be like, a, "Oh, you haven't," and then everybody would be like, "It's happening." And wow. I never, I never let it out of my trap, and I never got it. Oh, wow. so you were happy about it. I wonder I wonder if I would have felt left out, but I'm glad that you were you were happy about it. Because it was a really unpleasant experience of like yeah. food coloring going down your vagina. It, yeah, yeah I, like, have, I, like, I truly would not have been I wouldn't have wanted that at all. No, no way. No thank no. you. It, I mean like you're like day. you have to be like I'm not even you, a hard person to work with. I just don't want ice cubes in my <laughs> on my nipples. For it's like take after take too, right? It's like yes, six episodes or six takes. Can you imagine? Because it doesn't land right, you know. Like it's like oh, it hit the wrong part on her body. Let's change her. So yeah, I lucked out. I one time shot this thing that like it was trigger warning if you're grossed out by things like this, but it was t- <laughs> meant to look like uh, it was meant to look like blood spurting out of an artery into the face of someone else. Uh-huh. And we we rigged it with like a, a water bottle, like a sport bottle filled with blood and like pulsing it into this person's face. And we had to do it Word. so many times. And the guy was such a pro and he was so great about it. But the most horrifying thing was I felt so bad about it because I had written it that when it was all over and we got the shot, I was like, let me walk you to the to the restroom to like at least start to clean yourself up before you go to hair and makeup because he was like drenched in fake blood. But the worst thing is that I didn't realize that he was wearing contact lenses and all the fake blood went under the contact lens. Oh, God. And he was like, um, you're going to have to actually lead me because I, I cannot see a thing. And I was like, this is wild. I never want to be the person getting anything in the face. Never. Never. But no. it did not stop me from writing things where people got something in the face. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not that, that nice yeah, of a you, person. You can't, you can't give up that easy. <laughs> you got to embarrass people because it's fun. Oh my gosh! Well, I All hope right, you guys. never well, get a slushy in your face. Since me too. You, since your track record is perfect, it's going to happen now that I said it out loud. So <laughs> I I accept it. You shared a lot of career pivots with us, like you know, pivoting from dance to acting to now doing this podcast. Are there any non-professional pivots that like stick out in your mind as like a big change in your life? Yeah, I, th- I definitely, um, I've shared it multiple times because it's nice to dive in and, and be open, but um, I had a, a really big breakdown in the middle of season two, um, just from overworking and not being in the right headspace when I started working, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I went from a dancer to an actor, so I was always in the background. And you were pretty young. I mean, how young were you? Yeah, I was like 22. Yeah. yeah. A kid. Young. I was pretty okay. young. I mean, you know, we each have our own thing. And 
yeah, I was always just like, I have to be grateful. I have to be grateful. And I think I just like cracked one day because I just never spoke up or like never had my own back. Um, and so about season three, um, I got pregnant with my first son and it was such a blessing for me and it wasn't expected, but it was definitely a pivot for me to go from like, you know, constantly worrying and, and being in this headspace that, you know, I, I really dove into like getting healthy again and making sure at, that I am providing for my son um, and my family as well. My husband had just moved out. Um, and it just opened me up to the whole mental health um, journey as well. And, you know, what I had gone through and accepting it and moving on and stuff like that. So as hard as it it is to to look back and go, you know, I wish I would have taken my career further at that point in time. Um, it wasn't right for me at that moment because I just didn't know how to handle it. So yeah. I'm grateful that I had the distraction and a wonderful blessing of my son to help me move forward and pivot into this new role as a mom and a, and a new lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it wow. also like parent parenthood sort of forced you to take care of yourself, which is interesting because normally you think of the opposite, right? Like you think of like exactly. once you become a parent, then you then it becomes all about someone else. But weirdly for you, the becoming a parent allowed you to like hit pause on the career, like, you know pushing so hard and I don't know, maybe. Yeah, the obsessiveness. Maybe. Well, it's also yeah. like, I, I think I think a lot of times what helps us as humans is to do humanity work and to outreach and to help others because it helps us see outside of ourselves. And I think that was almost like a weird humanitarian, well, I don't know how you say that, but like a weird humanitarian act. Like my mind was just like, oh, okay, now you're an adult and now this is time to do this. And yeah, because you know, a newborn like, baby is never going to be like, oh my God, Heather, you killed it today. You were so great in that scene. <laughs> They're like, I need to eat, you know? Could and you so imagine? unless you He just take looks care up of- and he's like, work, bitch, you killed it. <laughs> that would be kind take- of amazing. That would be amazing. That would be a very amazing baby that I would want to know. But, sure. you know, you have to take care of yourself as a person who can like meet the immediate needs of another person who, you know, doesn't really give a shit what you do in the hours that you're away from them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's, listen, guys, like anybody listening, I'm not trying to sell like, if you don't feel well, go have a child. No, um, for sure not. <laughs> don't. Get healthy first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get absolutely take care of you and get healthy. But for me at that point in time, I just felt so unhealthy with the culture of fame and yeah. and and the workspace and my role in the workspace. And I didn't know how I how to function there. Yeah. And so getting getting my own life and my own purpose. That's what it is. It's like a purpose. I had a whole different purpose in life. Aside from that, that really just helped me like see full circle. Right. Uh, I love and the, that. And what a gift your your son was in that way. 
I hope so he felt. So. I, I hope he like on some level is aware of that energy that he helped you make that make that change in your life. Maybe one day. Maybe, Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Enough. I mean, yeah, yeah. Aww. Not a, he's nine, and boys, you know, boys are not. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Every boy out there, I love you. <laughs> Good news, Heather. Not a lot of boys listen to this podcast. Especially not nine-year-olds. Well, no. I mean, maybe What are they called? Roaming Gregs? <laughs> restless Greg syndrome. I just restless made it up Gregs. at the Barbie movie. <laughs> maybe restless you have some wrestling Gregs <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> Perhaps. We oh, um, my gosh. Well, it was so nice to talk to you. We'll let you get back to your day. Thank you, Go find your children. bringing me on. And go listen to the Bystanders podcast. Yeah, I definitely will. Everyone, I mean, we know you're always looking for good stuff to get into. Yes, spend a lot of time drive. in the car, traveling. Yes, it yeah, sounds awesome. I'm and very excited. Support us, to struggling listen. artists, you guys. Support, support us, struggling artists. Yes, a hundred percent. The bystanders is like available on Apple Podcasts. Apple, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Yes, Apple Podcasts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Apple find Podcasts, that two dollars to subscribe. It's totally um, worth it. It Don't get that be... iced coffee today. <laughs> Just skip one iced coffee, a half Just of one. an iced coffee. I was going to say, guys, my iced coffee costs like $5. So it's <laughs> less bucks. than an iced coffee for me. Yeah. 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 It's a McDonald's get a, two and two. Get a small. Get a small today and subscribe to the bystanders. Please yes. and thank you. And one day so we'll nice. have anime. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for making yeah, the time for uh, to yeah, talk to nice us. To talk to you. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you a lot. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye. She's so sweet. She's very sweet. She was. She played such a sassy character on that show that must not be named, but that was named one time. But whatever. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen that show. Really. Yeah. Interesting. I was, I, I did watch it. I did watch it. I know, it. people loved it. Yeah. It was um, just like, it didn't, timing-wise, it wasn't, You're probably doing something. You're well, probably no, like having a child or. I had, it. no, it was when I had Birdie. Yeah, and and working. Anyway, I feel like I'm fading. I can tell. I can tell it's been, it's, it's been a rough, a rough little time. What's your, uh, tell everyone the rodent story though, because we can't. Okay. <laughs> Do the best you can. Okay, guys. So, in our basement. So, I tried, I called pl- places. I was like, in case nobody every- knows, you had like a dead rodent smell in your basement in the walls. It was so gross. Well, we didn't know wherever it was coming from. Yeah. And then there were also like flies. I mean, you guys, it was fucking gross. It was haunted. It felt haunted. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? Just like... I guess it's from noon, but this the New York Times is just like popped up. Breaking news. Global warming could push the Atlantic past a tipping point. Analysis finds currents in the Atlantic Ocean could slow sharply by the century's end, affecting weather patterns across the globe. 
I'm just like, I don't know. I've been having all these nightmares. Like, about everything, but it just feels like everything is so horrible. I am laughing and crying. Like, how are we supposed to do anything? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. I also... I don't know. Here's what I've had it with is like, I've had it with telling us that like our straws are the fucking problem (laughs) when it's, you know, again, like corporate pollution, pollution on a large scale. All these people are like taking from the earth and not giving anything back. And the responsibility is on me and like my straw, which by the way, I've given up straws. I'm... I'll use a paper straw, but that's not what's going to save the earth. But also, like, I I think we have to walk a careful balance between being informed and inflamed. You know what I mean? Like, I would turn off those alerts on your computer. I would turn off the New York Times alerts. Because if there's an emergency, there you'll find out. You know what I mean? But, like, also, there's just so much of this news that's, like, of course, it's, like, that's their business to, like, make you feel horrible and hopeless. And so that you just get... Why? Because that's how they... that Because, look, we're talking about it. You looked at it. You, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying not to look at it. I'm just saying that's their business is to, like, just to get everyone worked the fuck up. That's how Donald Trump became president because he got everyone worked the fuck up and it was a great show. It was a great fucking show and no solutions from it. No solutions for anyone. No, because that's not good business. That's not a good show. You know? So it's like, I get it. It's journalism and they depend on people looking at it. And so they have to make everything as... I'm not even saying it's sensationalized. Like, that sounds like it's a science. I'm just saying, like, pushing into your life at every moment when you're just trying to exist and just trying to, like, not use a straw or whatever. I don't know. I This is where I'm like, I'm not sure that all of this technology is great for us. You know? Like, some things I'm so pleased with technology and I get it and it's made so many things easier like I love being able to be connected to people I ordinarily wouldn't be connected to I love being able to get tasks done that I wouldn't have been able to accomplish on my own in years past but like that being said having to accept the constant connection to this like fucking fire hose of bad news and like just stoking fear and anger constantly without any type of like check on like, is this good for people? You know, is this like, is this healthy? Is it helpful? I haven't read the article that you're talking about. I'm just saying like for your own good, I hope that you consider clicking some of those notifications off for the next month because like, even if it's true, Even if that was an alert saying 100% we know the earth is ending in 75 years or 77 years or whatever the fuck, what are you going to do about it? 
Oh, no. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, it does suck, but it's just like, we need answers. You know, we need somewhere to look and we need something to try. And if that's not what we're getting, then I don't know. It, it just, I think, I think it can tend toward being almost irresponsible. <laughs> like, yes, we know. We know that it, we're in bad shape. Like the climate is in bad shape. So what do we do and what can we do to move that ball forward you know, and if it's naive to be hopeful about it, that someone can accomplish something, then I'll, then I'll be naive, you know, because what am I gonna, like, again, if, if Earth is a ticking time bomb, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life, like, crying that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't seem fair because a lot of people aren't crying at all. And I'm like, why is that? Because you can afford a spaceship to fly somewhere else to New Earth, to Earth 2? Like, my God, can we talk about Elon Musk's rebranding of Twitter to X, which is so fucking weird and also definitely looks like a porn site. And then I saw somebody was like, oh, this is like legit. Like there are like multiple porn sites that are with an X. It also, it just doesn't make any sense. It like, makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. And also, like, people are like, oh, he's so stupid. Like, he doesn't even own the the trademark for this or whatever. And then the police stopped them taking the bird off the Twitter building yesterday because they didn't have the permits or whatever. And people are like, he's so stupid this is how bad he is at business and branding and everything like like if you try to google x like you can't own x you know what i mean like it's a letter and it's not easy to find it's kind of like the musician her who i think is wonderful i also feel like that's the wildest stage name because if you google her you're gonna get every instance of her you know what I mean? So unless you know some other information, her is hard to find. And X is probably even harder to find than her. But here's what I want to say. I don't think he is that stupid. It seems intentional to me. It seems intentional. Yeah. It seems like he's intentionally doing the opposite of what would be a good idea at every turn. Because, I I mean, well, because Twitter was a useful informational, you know, we fucked around. We sent memes on it. Other people in other countries sent, like, survival information to each other in the event yeah. of emergencies and political uprisings. And, you know, and that's how they organized. And so it seems to me like the intentional destruction of something that could be both a negative but also a positive, useful force for people that I feel like certain people in the world would still be um, inclined to attempt to oppress. Mm. So that's my take is that he's 100% like he's, you know, how he's always like, oh, this is concerning. Like this, this world event is concerning. And he almost always comes out on the side of being like a right wing apologist, Nazi allower. 
in the name of like free speech or whatever, but it's like his, he's shut down plenty of free speech when he hasn't agreed with it. So then you have to ask yourself, like, how much is a coincidence? How, how stupid could one person be? Right. I mean, he's obviously, yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I just know that despair is like, it's a fucking crazy thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but I I don't agree with how people are doing a lot of the things that, like, I, do, I don't consent to being a part of the despair machine. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of oppression is done to people that are oppressed in ways that, like, we almost cheer for, you know, and, and like like social media and and those things all have a hand in oppressing people too. It's how like harmful and oppressive things are spread sometimes. And then I want to trust journalism and I want to use it for what it's useful for. And I don't want to stick my head in the sand about things, but sometimes like I'm kind of like, I'm not a journalist, but I've worked in the media and I know how media Mm -hmm. works and I know that sensationalism is what sells. And I know that because these are all businesses and they're not like state sponsored, they're, they're corporate sponsored that they need to, you know, just the same as like all of these streamers, they have shareholders that they have to answer to. And they have to, even though they're massively profitable, they have to answer to these shareholders about how much money they're making beyond these margins that are to you and me, like these numbers that are astronomical, like astronomical amounts of money. And so journalism and news and, newspapers are kind of like they're kind of in that same trap where they have to answer to stockholders about how much money they're making and like unfortunately the most effective way of making money it doesn't come from acting responsibly we know that we know that from guns you make money from guns and responsibility goes out the window like it's not it's not responsible So I just, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that like for your own sanity, maybe at least don't let messages pop up (laughs) because you're already going through it, you know? She is already going through it. I just think like, I don't know. Well, we've talked about it. This country has always had huge ginormous problems but also like your dad used to just sit down and read the newspaper in the morning with over coffee and then go the whole day without knowing shit and then watch the six o'clock news which was already old news because it had already been taped it already happened it had already happened (laughs) it already was old news it was already old news and then just like bitch about it over dinner and then like if your parents were really extremely hardcore. I guess they would watch the 11 o'clock news. Again, already old news. Oh my God. Wait, we have to talk about me being on my friend's podcast and them. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about that. And then, and then we'll talk about the rodent. And then guys, all I have to say to you is that the rodent was not in the walls. It was in something you had been stockpiling. It was in an item. 
<laughs> it was in a box that was in my, <laughs> in my basement, like where I keep overflow products until I'm ready to use them. <laughs> health products. Guys, it was a health product. Like that um, maybe wasn't necessarily healthy for the rodent that it Apparently, tempted. it was not healthy for the rodent that ingested it because the rodent was inside the sealed box. Oh, my God. <laughs> so gross. I got to throw up even thinking about it. The rodent found its way in to a tiny little chewed hole into a sealed box, imbibed, ingested, <laughs> The health product supplement. It was too much for its little rodent body, apparently. And that rodent croaked inside the box. Now, when I tell you, no wonder the smell was so strong. Because it was just sitting there on the counter, basically. In the basement. It wasn't in the walls. Honey, that rat was dead in a box, in a cardboard. There was a thin layer of cardboard between that rodent decomposing and our noses. Kirsten was the one, I had like sort of pinpointed the area. Yeah. And I was like, thought that it was in, I don't know what I thought, but I didn't, it never occurred, the boxes were sealed. It never occurred to me that it was inside of these sealed boxes. Or that, or that, like a health food supplement type product would even be something that a rodent would be interested in. Dog well, food, sure. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like other food, sure. Maybe but, rodents have unachievable beauty standards. I and guess health and wellness goals. I guess so. Maybe, or I, I literally don't know. But anyway, <laughs> Kirsten was like. I think I know where it's coming from. And I was like, I know it's that general area, but I just can't figure it out. And she's like, I think it's those boxes that you're on of the thing. And I was like, throw it all out. Like, just throw it out. Don't even... I, and I was like, do you want to look in the boxes? She's like, absolutely not. Do you? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, just put them in the trash. We can get more. Just if that's your gut, I'm going to yeah. follow. I'm going to follow it. Get it. Get rid of it. Oh my God. She did. Two days later, she's like texted me. It's gone. The smell is gone. Wow. So RIP, but also <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. I can't even take it. So disgusting. I just feel and sorry like, for that little rat trying to get healthy. And it feels like he had a death wish. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was I don't know what he was doing. Because rats can't read the late. They don't know. They don't know. He didn't they know. don't know he didn't that know. there's like usage guidelines for these things. Oh my okay. gosh. So anyway, also I did my friend Roz Hernandez's podcast because Roz reached out and her podcast had like gotten, she's done it for years and then it got picked up by a new company that is the same company that does like My Favorite Murder. It's a big deal yeah. for Roz. Yeah. And asked if I would be the first guest on the new 
what is it called? It's not like a label, like a but new, like yeah, a new, produce, a new company. Yeah. Like under the new company. Yeah. And I was like, of course, sure. Why not? So we're just like talking shit on the pod, like as like we do. do. Like you do. A lot of it is like, it just has to do with like supernatural stuff. It's called ghosted. It's like ghost stories. Right. Supernatural things. And you know me. Always a... Always, always happy to talk about a ghost encounter or a psychic moment I've had. And then this headline from Variety yesterday drops. Busy Phillips says she's psychic, claims ability to, quote, see things in the future. First of all, claims? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Claims? There are no claims here. Guys, clearly, I see things that should, you know, happen in the future. That's gonna, that are gonna happen in the future. Whatever. It's all so fucking insane. It's such like fake news. That's the kind of thing where if we had a publicist that we paid for this podcast, I was gonna say it got picked up everywhere because obviously I have a Google alert for you. Please, I just like it's so annoying to me because it's like. Why didn't why didn't Samantha B fucks her husband Jason Jones all the time get picked up everywhere <laughs> from last week? Like you just this is the return, right? And like right. I and I talked about it on my Instagram stories yesterday and I'm like good for Roz because I want Roz to be successful. I really do. Yeah. But it's like also the tone of the whole articles and everything just makes me sound like an idiot, which is fine too because I've been called worse and it is what it is. And also, yeah, I do think I'm kind of fucking psychic. And yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. There are no lies there. But it just was a, it, it was another exhausting layer of like, why don't, why don't we do that? Like, why don't we? I mean, we could. It's just, but I don't right. like to do that to people because it does, it, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, it's like we're an independent podcast, so we don't have a publicity department. So I guess, yeah. And the hope would be that, like, people would listen to the podcast and pull things out. But that's not really the way that it works, is that, you know, generally, when you see a news item uh, about, like, some celebrity said such and such a thing on a podcast, it's because a publicist, like, said, oh, that's a little nugget that people will want to carry and sent it around. And that's like another staff member that you have to pay out of your revenue. And so Roz's new company maybe has a publicist that served I'm this sure. to Variety, which is so great, again, for her. Um, our experience has been that sometimes companies that have a publicity department then don't actually do any publicity for you. Mm -hmm. So the takeaway for me is that whatever company that Roz joined is great. The publicity department is actually like trying to work with the podcast and to like raise awareness of it, which is like the good thing about it. That helps make something more successful, hopefully. Hopefully someone will tune in and listen to that episode because they saw that variety story. But it's also like there's nothing happening in entertainment. So... (laughs) Variety is like, we right. better run with that's this what thing I was, that busy Phillips That's what said. I was saying. Like, <laughs> on my thing, I was like, Jesus, the strike is really 
not doing great things for entertainment reporting. Like these people are just trying to hold on to their jobs any way they can. <laughs> They're like, right. let's just try to make this a story. You can only um, write so many stories about like the AMPTP refuses to negotiate another day. Talk to you tomorrow. Like that can't be your whole newspaper. Yeah. Or just like this famous person on the picket lines today. Here's a picture yeah. of Jeremy Allen White without a shirt on. Well, you know, and you know that I'm like, this is what he, poor Jeremy Allen White has to do because he can't go on Kimmel to campaign for his Emmy that he's been nominated for. So he has to run around topless doing push-ups in the middle of the dirt for some reason. I, listen, I think Jeremy Allen White has nothing to worry about. I don't think he needs to so campaign. Either. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's getting the... I think he's probably going to get that that Emmy. Although, I think he's going to get it. It's a tough category, isn't it? I think he's going to win it too. But <laughs> I'm like, I haven't looked. If I'm being honest, I haven't looked. <laughs> I'm like, it's a tough. That's a tough category that he's in. And well, you assume that everyone he's against is also good. I would assume. You know. Here's what. I, here's who I would assume he's like up against is uh, Jeremy Flowerpot. Flower pot, yes. Um, Although I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Fucking. I'll tell you who, who cares good. about Jeremy Strong awards. is who you're you're yes. talking Jeremy about. Strong. Um. Well, the weird thing is that first of all, and uh, I love the bear, uh, but he Jeremy Allen White from the Bear is nominated in lead actor in a comedy series because oh, the right, Bear right, right, is considered right, right, right. a comedy series right, right. which sure, is sure, sure. puzzling to me but sure, um sure 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 but sure. you know um and I'm trying to find out who he's against so he's not against Jeremy Flowerpot um he's against Jason Siegel from Shrinking you know that guy Mm-hmm. Bill Hader from Barry. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. And Martin Short from Only Murders in the Building. Only Murders. It's not a real comedic performance that Jeremy Allen White is giving. Is then just like, is he the, the odd apple out of the oranges, you know? How do you compare Martin Short in the performance given by Jeremy Allen White? There's four definitely comedic performances and then one mostly dramatic performance that took place in a in a comedic show. Or or a is show it, that's categorized. But isn't very I would say that Bill Hader's the same as Jeremy Allen White. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But I also think like Bill Hader, people like mentally associate him with comedy, even if that show is not necessarily comedic at this time. Yeah. Well, that show's never been comedic. It's, Barry's no, always been yeah. like really dark and not that funny. Yeah. Or slash funny at all. It'll be interesting. And then it just makes me think, well, we should just like make it all a big mix. And the show should be like three categories and then out. And then everyone goes to a party. Or like, why don't we just stop it all together? <laughs> Could do Who that cares? as well. Who cares? Could do Although that I'm excited. Well. Paula got nominated for an Emmy for something. See, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's know exciting. What. See? It's, you know. Guys, it's too hard. It's too hard to keep up. It's, it's the um, kind of thing that... Um, you only know if it's your job to know or if it's you. Everybody else is, just has like a vague idea of what's going on. So at some point, somebody was like, you know, Busy, you could just say you were nominated for an Emmy. At some point, people would believe it. I was nominated for an Emmy. 
People probably think it. I'm sure people think I wasn't. it. I you wasn't. know, I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast. I had one uncle that no matter how many times I told him I worked for David Letterman, he somehow transposed it to I worked for Jerry Seinfeld on Seinfeld. Yeah. And that makes sense. I just stopped correcting him at some point. Cause like, what's the point? Like he just really wanted to believe that. And so like for some part, small part of the United States in my uncle's old town, there's a bunch of people that think that I worked on Jerry Seinfeld and it's fine. It hasn't hasn't helped nor harmed me. No, and nor will it ever. Um, Well, listen, I don't know. There's apparently like a lot of stuff happening with planets and retrogrades and all this bullshit. I don't even fucking know. I feel like... I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of over it. You're over the planets? Yeah, I'm over the planets. Girl, you, need to, you need to get back to your to your pills. You need, no to, you need to get back to New York and hope that no rodents have eaten your pills. Yeah, I really do need to hope that that is... <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly... Oh. It's Leo season. Yes. It's Leo season finally. Thank God. I think I a lot of Leo season. A, a lot of what I've been reading is like a lot of this is about like putting a little pep in your step and maybe like mm-hmm. dyeing your hair. That's what, you know, I read on the Channy app after I dyed my hair pink for the big movie. I think a now, lot now who's psychic? You know what I mean? Exactly. It was very spontaneous decision. I just decided in the shower, like getting ready to go to the movie. Oh, I'm going to make my hair pink. Um, I heard there's a lot of like, maybe you get back with an ex, which like, I can't say that I recommend that, but oh, also, I, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's very generally speaking, maybe you and your ex belong together. Like, I don't know. Just take it all with a grain of salt and, and try to get something out of it, but you know. Wait, I mean, here's the thing that was like bumming me out was like, here's what bums me out sometimes about astrology. Like when it's like, you're, it's just going to be like people telling you how much you mean to them and love notes and da, 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 da. And then I'm like, where, where is that? Where, where are mine? I (gasps) didn't get any. And now I feel bad about myself. Like I'm out, I'm, I'm existing outside of the, Realm of the astrology that I should be inside of. And so now I'm just afloat. You know what? I'm going to say, just like I was criticizing journalism, I almost think that that's like maybe irresponsible astrology writing. Because, like, maybe what it means is like you should be looking for messages of love somewhere at this time. Because, like, is it going to come in the form of a note? No, like nobody can guarantee that. The heavens can't guarantee that. But is it going to come in the form of like Gina coming up and putting her face in your armpit? Maybe, but that's not a note. But they've already set that up in your mind that that's what. So I think that, I think astrology writing is very important and people should, you know, be responsible with it. And just say like, love is coming to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, it's going to be kind of on you to look for it and interpret mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as the love that it is, you know? Yeah. Because maybe, 
Maybe it's not a note, you know? And well, it definitely ne- wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're never a loser and you're never afloat. You're very loved, you know? Well, that's nice. Yes. That is Just nice. like you're very loved by lots of people that I think are sending you love. Um, I, I know that I am sending you love, but maybe not necessarily in a note, you know? Yeah. Because that'd be weird. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to start writing you love notes now. No, that would be weird. Unless you, um, unless you really wanted it, then I would. I'd do it for you, but no, I just feel like no, it hasn't been our okay. vibe. But I do love you. But I understand that tea. it's complicated, right? Because you're trying to, like, read the tea leaves all the time. Reading those tea leaves is exhausting. <laughs> is exhausting. What are you trying to do your best at this week? I said trying to do your best. What are you doing your oh, best at this week? I'm doing my best at this week. I don't know. <laughs> getting through the day. <laughs> doing my best at getting through the day. Oh my god. Painting. Doing a lot of painting. You have been painting. And I think that for sub-stackers, for founding members, we told you that we were going to invite you to a virtual painting party. I think we're going to do that af- in August, right? Like after Birdie goes off to... Yeah, it's just... I wanted to school. do it... I wanted to do it sooner, but it does feel a little bit difficult right now to do anything. Yeah. Because it's, I'm very... um, Like people are asking me to do stuff and I'm just like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can... I don't have the You don't have space. The, the wherewithal, the spoons at this time. I don't have um, the spoons. Those, I don't have the spoons. <laughs> well, that's okay. Mm. Um, it is something to look forward to, and then we can I'm schedule excited it. to do it, yeah. It's going to be exciting. It may be a thing where Bordy go, Bordy, Birdie goes off to boarding school and maybe you cry through the whole thing. Who knows? It might be like a live crying together event while we paint. So I hope but that's coming up. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, who we're not in control clearly of what's gonna happen exactly. But um but you have been painting. So I like that painting that you did that you shared. It was nice. And your pig pot went up on the WGA W garage sale. Yeah, I saw that it's been advertised on Instagram. I haven't seen it. Oh, I shared it on um the podcast Instagram story. So oh, you wait, should... will you send it to me? Yeah, of course. Of also, course. you know what else, guys, if you wanted to, I'm, there's another auction that I'm a part of for my friend's theater company, Katie Lowe's and Adam Shapiro, uh, like, um, have long had this theater company that they're, a part, you know, that they started in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I always, every year, donate, something to them. And so I did martinis in New York with me. So you nice. can bid on that. That's so exciting. Want. I love Katie Lewis. Oh my God. Yeah, she's the best. And I love her husband, Adam Shapiro. And so that's why every time they ask me to donate something. So there's those two things you can um, you can vote on. Nope, you can bid on. And they both go to good places the supporting the arts yeah and then in one in one you get your very own pig pot and then the other you get to have martinis with me in new york now i'm not flying you to new york you have to come to new york 
just, you have to get you know there, I mean? but you got to get there. Maybe you live in New York. Even better. Even better. <laughs> but I'll That's tell you, there's no expiry. I'll I'll put no expiration date on it. Okay. Um, also, if you lived in LA, we could do it in LA, but then that would just have to be at my convenience or like right. the next time I'm in LA. Right. Next time you're in town. Well, that's exciting. And I think I'm going to do, I do think I'm going to do an art show, like where I sell everything for um, one of those, one of the entertainment funds. Oh, that's so good. I think that's really cool. Like a virtual what am I gonna, live. I don't know. I don't know how to do anything. What am I going to do with all this art? Yeah, that's the thing with art is like, you know, you have a few pieces that you probably want to keep, but... Well, my friend, um, my friend was telling me uh, that she was like, I feel like you should sell, like she sells, she's an artist and she's like, yeah. I feel like you should sell your art. I feel like people will buy it and you could donate the money or do whatever you want with it. And I was like, okay. I mean, that sounds like a good idea. I have so many paintings now. I'd be glad, glad to sell. I have, I have early work. <laughs> I love it. Well, maybe... Well, I'll try to help you. I'll try to help you figure out how to do it if you want my help. Of course. I always want your help. Because <laughs> um, I don't know how to do hardly anything. <laughs> well, that's just like a new thing that ne- neither of us have ever done before. But I'm sure we could figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure we could too. I also need to talk to uh, some people about selling some shit. But that's all... That'll be in the in the future, in the near future. Yeah. I'll figure that out. Because one thing I, at a time. You got to do one thing. One thing at a time. I got to get this kid to school. And you don't want to oh wish God. away these weeks. So don't don't even fill them with anything else besides, you know. I know. It is problem. Here's, here's, here's what I am going to say. One thing that like gets annoying is that like, I'm like, you know, Birdie likes to just do what Birdie likes to do, i.e., sit in bed and watch YouTube videos of her favorite YouTubers. Yeah. And like, I like that. But like, also I like doing other things. Yeah. But then it's just like, it's definitely difficult because I'm like, these are my, these are my, I don't, exact as you said, I don't want to spend time wishing away. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, you don't want to spend time watching really, YouTube. The precious. Don't particularly want to sit in this bed and watch YouTube, but like I guess I should just like suck it up and sit in this bed and watch YouTube. But then there's, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Right. It's tough. Wait, can I tell you something? This is making me think of. Yes. I. This person doesn't definitely listen to the podcast. And okay, so well, uh, we'll find out. A former classmate of mine. I didn't know this, but was incarcerated. This is no commentary on the carceral system in America, which I think uh, is bad and needs reform. But a former classmate of mine was in jail for some time. Mm -hmm. Then they got out of jail Mm -hmm. and they posted on Facebook a really emotional, heartfelt post about how they had learned how precious freedom was and how this was like really a reset for them, mm-hmm. thanking everyone for the support uh, and how like going forward, 
how much they understood how precious time was and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And because I'm nosy, I did like do a deeper dive on their mm-hmm. Facebook profile sure, to sure, then as see you like what's going on with them. Immediately following that very heartfelt post, mm-hmm. 1,000 minion memes just posted. No. Like that was, <laughs> that was the way <laughs> that person went Stop forward. It. Stop it. Spending their time was posting Stop like it. minion it. minion memes, which I'm like again not making fun of the person. Like that's just where we are at. You know what I mean? But I'm like, <laughs> th- that was their freedom and what they were doing, and you know, and, but and by the way, freedom- imagine you get out of jail and then you're like, oh my god, this shit is funny. <laughs> like you've not seen, you know what I mean? Like you haven't seen. You don't even know what a meme is. And they were just like uh, stuck in a in a minion hole. <laughs> so fucking insane and really funny. And um I I'd imagine that like it's insane and really funny but also like I can I totally get it. Like that person has been absent of like the serotonin yeah, from like people that's being what I'm saying. like LOL this is so funny. Wall. You know, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm like basically a meme mogul. I'm this far from being an influencer with my minion memes that I'm finding and posting and curating for my Facebook feed. And uh, it would be like it would almost be instantly addictive. And I think that's like a lesson, too, about freedom and time and, you know, but anyway, that's what I pictured when you were talking about kind of being stuck (laughs) Using your precious time watching YouTube videos. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because it's like, you know, they're addictive. And it's I'm sure it's like an avoidance tactic for, like, feeling your feelings sometimes. And, like, what kid Birdie's age wants to feel their feelings. And, by the way, she's been doing a fair amount of feeling her feelings. And that probably doesn't, you know feel great either because it's sad and hard and not 100% within your control. That being said, I can't, I'm sure you want to like get up and go for a walk. You love to walk, you know, like I I like to do anything. (laughs) And you're just trapped watching. I hope at least some of the videos are good. No, I enjoy the videos. It's not about that. It's just, it's more just like have a limit. Yeah. It's more just like, yeah, what, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's that really But I'm trying what- I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to keep in mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of relates to what I'm doing my best at, which is I've just been trying to manage my time better because I have hit a limit of mismanaging my time. And I think it's like Mm -hmm. because my house is in chaos and this like remodeling project has been, well, it spiraled out of control because it was supposed to be like replacing one sink and then turned into like the whole bathroom was a gut job. And it's very frustrating because we're just living among boxes and dust and like we hadn't planned for it. And so I want that to move forward. But then at the same time, I realized like how hypocritical I was being when I have like a pile of packages that I need to mail off. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
how am I expecting like this to move forward when I'm not even moving forward with so many things that are just so simple to accomplish? And so I've been trying to like cut myself some slack because first of all, like I think that's obviously like neurological things at play. Like, I don't think it's just that I'm petulant and spoiled and lazy. I don't think that's the case. I think there's something going on with me that, like, doesn't allow me to always manage my time as effectively as I could. Yeah, I think you have ADD too. I think so too. And I had (laughs) a little bit of an epiphany about that too, which was that... I was talking to our friend Ben Acker yesterday and I was saying that I think that I'm really good with people who have ADD because I'm very sympathetic toward it because people in my family have ADD. And so it's been a lifelong like vocation of mine to know like this person feels bad when they're not accomplishing this and these are the kind of things that they forget and et cetera, et cetera. But then I've also worked with a ton of people that have ADD. And I was always telling myself like, yeah, it's because I'm good with people with ADD because I'm sympathetic to it because it's been my family situation. But I think also like that may have clouded my own, I'm going to say it the mean way, the way that sounds mean, I think I was covering maybe for myself or clouding myself about what was going on with me by surrounding myself with people that had maybe more severe symptoms than I did. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And so I was like, well, I'm not in the place that they're at. Like I'm, you know, I'm I'm not that poorly off. Like I can at least get this, 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 and this done. But that I think maybe made me think like, that's not the case with me. But yeah, I think you might be right. I think there might be a little something going on. So I've just been trying to like manage my time better and take advantage because I know I won't always feel like this. There's going to be a time when I'm going to hit the skids again and I won't get shit done again. Um, So I'm just trying to take advantage of this time where I'm feeling productive and like together enough mentally. I saw this thing and I, I was curious about it, what people thought about it. There's like a video game, I guess, that's like, I think it's a prescription for kids who have ADD. It's a treatment. It's an ADD treatment. I think it's called like Endeavor RX. And so it's a video game for kids to play. And they recently, I think, released an adult version that's over the counter that you don't need a prescription for. And it costs like, it's a subscription for the year, of course. And I was reading reviews of people that played it and they were, and they call it a treatment. And a lot of people were like, I don't get how it's a video game. Like, I think it's kind of boring. And other people were like, oh, it was so overwhelming for me. I had to lay down after playing it for 20 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of people saying, like, I play it for like three days in a row, like 20 minutes a day. And I just find that I'm better able to, like, manage my time and manage tasks and things like that. So I was just... Curious. I want to dive into the science of it, but I'm also curious if anyone who's listening has heard about it or has any experience with someone they know using it because I'm like, I love them. I love shit like that. So I would be so down to try it. And, uh, you know, if it gives me a headache or whatever for science, that's fine. But um, yeah, so that's just what I've been trying to do. Just trying to be like, you know, don't put it down, put it away. That's been like my mantra Mm. this. Okay this past week and um, that sounds good 
that's not always the case. But I'm just also, we've talked a lot about hitting walls and I've just hit a wall with myself where I'm like, why is this a mess? Oh, because I put a bunch of stuff down and I didn't put it away. And it... The thing that makes me so upset and embarrassed is it's like standards that I'm kind of holding other people to, but I'm not holding myself to at all. And that's just like, it's embarrassing because it's hypocritical. And also like, I'm the source of my own frustration so much. And so I'm not beating myself up for it. I'm just trying to figure out like, what's a good way to handle it so that I'm not so frustrated because, you know, it'd be nice not to, like, be tripping over my own shit or looking for something that I put down instead of putting away that's now missing or whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. I found some jewelry that I thought was lost. Oh, you did? That's so good. Yeah. That was Where'd you find it? In a drawer. In a drawer. Yeah. (laughs) That's hard. That's... It's like that Band of Horses song. In a drawer. <laughs> Found it in a drawer. You know that song? No? I don't know that song, but I'm going to well, go listen, go to, listen it to it. Go listen to it. It's really good. And it <laughs> sums up my life. I found it. I know I've got to get it. Let's cue this up. <laughs> we can we can let them play, play us out. Um, I don't think they'll sue us. I mean, they might. Here, wait. We got to get to the part where it says in a drawer. Okay, okay. Hold on. So close. So close. (laughs) Wait, wait. Wait. It might. This is it. Ready? That's your theme song. <laughs> Why did that just crack me the fuck up? That is so- <laughs> in a drawer. Found it in a drawer. Maybe I'll find my self-love and self-respect in a drawer too. <laughs> Maybe I, I need to go look for do. it in a drawer. I'm oh, glad guys. that I'm glad that it's find, making you laugh. I hope you find what you're looking for in a drawer as well. All right, I'm going to go spend my last day. I'm going to ride my bike, make my last bike riding bid. All right, we love you and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.